0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests... is going on my go squad welcome to the armed citizen podcast live this is episode number two hundred and ninety nine we are one away from 300 we'll talk a little bit about that here in a little bit but we are episode number two hundred ninety nine if you're out there in the live chat go ahead and say something we don't know that you're out there unless you do if you have a comment a question for myself or anyone on the panel go ahead and tag one of us and we'll try to get to those questions as long as they're relevant to the conversation let's be honest with the way this thing goes pretty much everything's relevant so we'll talk about it as long as we won't get kicked off of youtube for it but uh yeah if you guys want to text into the show you go ahead and utilize the ghost tactical hotline presented by our good friends rod and shelly gates over at aegis gun care that phone number is 530-364-4678 go ahead and get my phone out and put that just in case it shows up um and go check out aegisguncare.com if you're a veteran really anybody but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole you're in the darkness and you're looking for that light call me text me email me 24 7 i cannot give you medical advice but i could probably be a pretty decent ear maybe listen to you give me some advice more than just be there for you if you are looking for someone that can get you towards some medical attention remember two things one you are not alone in this fight you have a lot of brothers out here that are willing and able to help you in any way possible. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. Veterans, press the number one. We are spotlighting, as always, the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title United States Marine, see the website marines.com. And as always, let me go ahead and put this up here. We are proud members of the Rapid Fire Radio Network and the Self-Defense Radio Network. Go check out all of your favorite Pro Gun, Pro tui podcasts over at rapidfireradio.us and selfdefenseradio.net. Let's get this off of my ugly mug, and let's bring in our tour uh, guides for the night. They're going to help me with this riverboat cruise, as you will, to... um, I don't know. Maybe maybe we try to get up the state to the weird state of Ohio, the only state in the union that has four letters, but takes two people to spell it out. We got Chris from the seven four zero. What's up, brother?
1: Not much, man. Thank you for the invite. Man,
0: yeah, man. It's
1: been a good day. Got a bunch of filming done today, and now I'm here relaxing.
0: Nice. I um, did. I hear that uh, you got. Uh, a new sponsor to the channel or to the show?
1: Yeah, we got a, uh, we picked up at the Allen Company. So they're supplying all the targets now for the channel. And uh, so, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. It adds up over time buying
0: as much, oh, yeah. as
1: many targets as I'm shooting any year's time. So,
0: so are they do like paper or steel or, you know, rubber or what kind of targets are they they basically
1: this time around they just sent me a whole pretty much every type of paper target they had the splatter ones the side end targets the reloading uh data targets and uh nice yeah so it's uh it's it's nice to have some of these these companies start taking me serious now so
0: that's good. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for you, very proud of where you've come, especially in the last, let's say, year um, that I've known you and uh, really, really killing it. Like, and Kyle out there, I, I concur. Kyle says, our good buddy Kyle out at Anderson, he says, Chris has been killing it with the content. Yes, you have. I do want to send a shout-out to our, our brother Kyle out there. Feeling a little under the weather, and uh, let's, let's keep him in our thoughts and all of that. I hope you're feeling better. I'm always around, brother. You know that. Um, but yeah, say hi to Kyle up there. And the the Soulless Ginger Bastard was on a trip this weekend. I think he came down with some kind of a crud. He said he might jump in if he feels good. But uh, everyone's getting sick, and Chase is probably going to get sick. He's on a cruise, so you know he's going to get sick. I mean, when you're confined with that many people on a boat, you're bound to get sick, so... I'm just happy that I'm not sick. And Clover, Chris, you guys are healthy. I'm assuming. Yep, I'm healthy as can be. Well, as far as I know, I mean, you know. Well, I mean, does, does
2: cantankerous and crotchety count as a health issue? I don't think so. So yeah, I'm probably okay. It, it's
0: it's a relative issue here with you. So um, you're never really okay. You know, you're just trying to be. This is very true. Yeah. The, the That voice of uh, smooth, buttery silk, you know, just that very white, redneck voice that you guys hear is our uh, co-pilot in this adventure, our shotgun rider, if you will, from the great state of Texas, the tactical leprechaun himself. What's the, the, only thing,
2: the only thing that was accurate in that entire monologue of a statement was the greatest state ever, Texas, right?
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, they, they say there's, they say that there's two people in the world that you never have to ask about. That's Texans and Marines. Uh, I'm both, so I guess they're screwed.
2: And vegans and CrossFit people.
0: Well and, and C Z owners. I would say in the last couple of years a lot of people have made that jump to that status. Uh yeah. but historically speaking. True. Yeah. Um yeah. True. Yeah, Rich says ghost. He just made Barry White roll at his grave. That's true. Now, if, if Barry White was to be a redneck, that would be that would be Clover. That would be Clover. Yeah. Um. Weston says Cantankerous and Crotchety is a personality. So. Um. So he has multiple personalities: Cantankerous and Crotchety.
2: Oh, I got more than that.
0: Like <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got a shotgun for us, bud?
2: Man, let's go with a Ruger Red Label, man.
0: I don't even know what the hell that is.
2: It's an over under.
0: Okay, all right. Of
2: course. Speaking uh, of
0: shotguns, uh, you they, picked.
2: That 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 they one? don't make any more, by the way.
0: Oh, they don't at all.
2: No, Uh-uh. Ruger Red Label. No, I, I wish. I wish they would bring them back. But Ruger is uh, crotchety and cantankerous. Apparently, they won't come about- back. So.
0: Yeah, you and Ruger would be a match made in heaven, wouldn't you?
2: If they would come out with a red label and send me one, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'll <laughs> shill for anybody, just uh, send those emails yeah. to for anyone at clovertack.com. We'll get you take that's care. right,
0: and that is a legit email, guys. So, uh, 100, <laughs> we'll <see> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, you picked speaking of shotguns, you did pick a one up this weekend. dude.
2: I did, yeah, man. So, four, what four, was four, it?
0: It's actually better than what you originally thought it could be. Yeah,
2: it was a score, dude. So, two weeks ago, was it two weeks ago or something? I'm doing the Club Attack Reacts 2 series every now and then, right? And I did uh, a video from Dirtbag Outdoors um, where he was talking about guns that were like great investments going up in price or something like that. And he had Remington 1100s on the list. And I'm like, I'm not seeing that. Like, some of the more special remington 1100s sure right but i'm like there's one this was kind of i'm giving away the reaction so spoilers if you had not seen that but i was like there's been a couple that's sitting in the gun shop racks and have been for weeks or months heck i don't know and they're decent buys right way cheaper than what he was talking about stuff going for and um so i go to the i had to go pick up uh uh, well, the video that dropped today, the Gerson MC-14T, right? And so I had to go to the gun shop, and, and there it set in the rack, two of them. And I'm like, you know, I might already pick uh, it was a 12 and a 20. And I'm like, I might, already, I might already pick that 12 gauge up. I'm thinking about it. I picked it up. I looked at it. I picked it up. I looked at it. And while I was standing around in there, somebody bought the 20 gauge. And um, that's and that sealed the deal. I walked over, picked it up, set it behind the counter, and I kind of whispered that owner. I said, "This one, this one's mine." It's like okay, so I brought it home with me. Now I knew it wasn't.
0: You wanted the twenty gauge, or, or no? I you,
2: wanted the twelve. I wanted the twelve. Okay. My my dad's got a twelve, and and honestly, my dad's, which is really cool. My dad, my dad's has a poly choke, but other than that, it's virtually identical to this one. Same era, same everything. So anyway, the story about it was, I knew that it was old, right? Uh, and I made a short on that on how you can kind of tell the age of eleven hundred and that sort of thing. Um, so anyway, uh, I get it. I get it home. I didn't know how old, but I knew it was old. I think I told you probably seventies or something. When yeah, we were you, thought
0: you thought early seventies. It would be yeah.
2: So I get it home and I get to looking, and it's a pre Gun Control Act of nineteen sixty-eight. It's a pre sixty-eight awesome. for certain, or I say pre sixty-eight. It's a sixty-eight or older. Gun Control oh, Act didn't really, go into effect. It's really,
0: it- yeah, it's pre-gun control. Pre-gun like, it's still gun control act. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. The gun control act went into went into effect in October of sixty-eight. For those that, that don't know, so it could have been made in sixty-eight, just pre-October. Um, but anyway, it definitely was not made after the gun control act uh, because <laughs> of the layout of the serial number. I knew that, uh, and I knew, and of course, I knew pretty much it was an older model uh, because. Um,
0: now yeah. you didn't know that it was a pre-gun control act until you actually had I it. I did st- not the know that, equipment. but yeah. we had
2: talked about it not having screw-in chokes. Well, oh, I right, knew it yeah. was an older model because number one, it was not a vent rib barrel, and number two, it did not have screw-in chokes. Now the vent rib barrel thing, I'm not, I'm not up to speed on, but I know that screw-in chokes started with Remington and either like 83 or 86, one of those two. I get them mixed up, right? So I knew, and that's why we talked. And I said probably, you know, 70s or so, late 70s. So I get it home. I didn't even look at the serial number in the shop uh, because it was such a good buy. I didn't really care. And then I get home, and like we always do, I get to looking over it a little closer, and I realize, whoa, this is free gun control act. So then I'm trying to date it. Well, 1100 started production in 1963. So I knew it was somewhere between 63 and 68, but I couldn't find any definitive markings on the barrel, which is not a good way to date Remington's because you can, you can change barrels out, right? As long as they're within a certain time frame of each other anyway. Um, this one won't change out with a modern 1100, for example. But anyway, it's not a great way. So I got in touch with Logan. Uh, mm-hmm. high caliber history if you don't high follow caliber. logan
0: man dude, what a great what a great guy on top of that
2: logan knows a lot of stuff he is actually a firearms historian and works for museums so i hit him up on on the igs and i said hey bro just picked this up and need some help and he's like well what's the numbers on the barrel and he told me i was right everything that i knew so far he said yeah you're 100 accurate you're, you're right but i'm like can we narrow it down to any other years and he's like well maybe by stamps on the barrel. And I'm like, bro, there's no definitive stamps. So I took the wood off the, uh, the hand guard off and Mm -hmm. you can make out, it's like they tried to stamp either a P or an R. Right. And this is going by the potential stamps available at the time, but it did not stamp because of the curve of the barrel. It didn't stamp good. Right.
0: Uh, Yeah. But it
2: can't really be any other letters there, but a P and an R right. Like, a like a, a P does not look like a P, even a parcel. You know what I'm saying? Or a or an O, for example, or something like that. It, it looks a little different. Even a parcel stamp would look a little different. So, being a, and that's what we kind of come to the consensus that this is either a 67 or 68. Because the P and R. P was 67, R was 68. So, uh, definitely pre-control act, 67 or 68. Um been used. It's got some character. You know, it's got some marks on it. It's got a few scratches. It's got some dings and stuff like that. But a mm-hmm. uh, a fine example of an early Remington 1100. So, uh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Dirtbag Outdoors for making that video and prompted me to do the reaction. And because otherwise, it, somebody probably would have picked it up other than me.
0: Yeah, I I want to give a quick plug. Um, well, because... you probably
2: need to take some Benadryl first.
0: With uh... All the
2: shotguns.
0: I, I definitely get some calamine lotion sitting off. Camera. Yeah, we don't
2: want you passing out during the middle of the show from all the shotgun talk.
0: No, 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 no. We're 14 minutes in. All we talk about is shotguns. This is not good. Um, but I will give a plug. If you guys are in the collector's realm or you're looking to get into the collector's realm or you have a buddy or someone that has a question on um, weapons and all of that, do reach out to Logan. That dude is literally probably the most knowledgeable firearm person that I know I'm telling you, he's a great guy. Um, but he'll, he'll, if he knows the answer, he'll, he'll let you know. And if he doesn't, I guarantee if he doesn't know the answer, there's only a handful of people in the world that do, and he probably knows them. So, so he can get you those. Yeah. answers.
2: And the beautiful thing about Logan is if he doesn't know the answer, he wants to know the answer just as much. As oh yeah.
0: He so Absolutely. he will, he
2: will figure it out and help you figure it out because he wants to know as well. He don't want to go yeah. through life, not knowing something about a gun. I can promise you.
0: Yeah. He's literally, he's literally, when you start talking about like the handful of people in the world. Uh, whatever subject you're talking about, like he's amongst that conversation. Like he's legit. Oh, he, and
2: the iconic firearms he's been able to handle, like literal hands-on. We can go see yeah. stuff in museums, but imagine him, the curator. He's and has
0: been able to put the white gloves and actually touch literally them.
2: touch them and clean them and restore them and different things. Yeah, yeah it's amazing.
0: Yeah, uh, but reach out to High Caliber History. Like I said, he's a really good guy. I had the pleasure of was it shot 2018 2019 when i got invited to tonto's uh premiere at shot show I that, that one year and so i got to go in and we get to sit down and he like in the vip section and there's logan like in my my chair it was like a theater chair but it had like the recliner and had the, you know, all that stuff and he was sitting in the recliner next to me so like hey what's up man so it's kind of cool to see him and you, you start talking guns with him like you feel Incredibly inferior when you're talking firearms, oh, with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but he doesn't make you feel inferior, you just know that you are, you know.
2: Yeah, the stuff he can rattle off is just it's amazing.
0: Take yeah, anybody Wes, you Wes, know, oh.
2: Take anybody you know that you think knows guns, multiply that by about a thousand, and that's <laughs> probably where Logan sits.
0: Yeah, Wes says he wishes he was still doing his podcast. Yeah, I I, I I I'm sure he's busy. I mean, obviously, um, you know, I haven't yeah. seen him in the last couple shot shows, but that doesn't mean he wasn't there. I just haven't seen him. But right.
2: um, I think I, I did run into him this year. I think I did, did run you? into him. Okay. Seems like I did. I yeah. didn't.
0: I didn't. So uh, maybe
2: not. I could be confused. We see a lot of people, but it seems like I did.
0: You need to get him on the uh, late podcast again. Oh, yeah, you get
2: him on again? Uh, yeah.
0: Oh, Update kind of what he's been doing and all. He, there's no telling. He could, The reason why he might not be around is he might be doing some cool-ass shit in some museums, you know?
2: Oh, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is.
0: Yeah. John Grimm out there says, hello, folks. Best of luck to everyone on the giveaways. Let's talk about the giveaway real quick. Um, so, hey, you paid John
2: for that segue. Don't lie.
0: I did. I did. Um, checks in the mail, John Grimm 777 uh faux shizzle um next week is the 300th episode and we're not ironically we're not going to give them away next week we're going to give them away the week after um and all of that uh we want to do a two-week um lead up i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to share my screen real quick and talk about what we're going to give away it's pretty guys. you guys have heard me talk about on a different podcast you've heard me I've had the guys on the podcast before, um, but let me go ahead and share the screen. We're going to uh, give away from Hyperion Munitions, uh, great friends of the channel. They sponsor the uh, Jarhead podcast. You guys are familiar with that podcast. Um But Hyperion's going to give away the precise trigger control. And basically what it does is on AR platform, it replaces your uh, trigger guard. But the cool thing about it is it's got a little set screw in there. So basically what you do is when you pull the trigger, and let's say you let it go to reset, reset. You tighten that screw right there, and that's where that trigger stops. It automatically just stops at that reset, so it doesn't it doesn't have to go all the way. It's just going to be boom, boom, boom. It's going to every from that point on, that trigger is at reset, uh, which is a really, really cool thing. Uh, probably pretty awesome for me, competitive shooters until they ban them. Uh, anything that good comes along uspsa and idpa and all these guys they will eventually ban most of the good things but i think it'd be kind of pretty cool but really quick follow-up shots really quick accurate shots and all that um but they're not just giving away one of them they're going to give away 10 of them 10 precise trigger control groups um they bro it, it took me maybe two minutes to install them on it's just like re- reinstalling any other trigger guard on any AR. You you know you just pop the pins, put it in there, and then once you got it down, you just set that screw. Um, there's a video on the website if you if you want to watch it. That's um, awesome, but uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty cool little accessory for the AR platform, and they are gonna give ten of them away. Ten of them, not next week, but the week after that on the so that would make that what the 25th is that right two weeks from today um we'll just give you a little background it says that the, the, uh, it replaces any standardized trigger guard on ar's lower receiver there are some set screws in a place and a screw that comes up underneath your grip removing the extra pre-travel and post-travel of the trigger that makes mil spec trigger feel like a high-end drop-in trigger that will increase your shooting performance PTC allows for more accuracy less margin for trigger movement error and faster speed the ultimate PTC unit will take your competitive and recreational shooting to the next level whether it's hog hunting or a three-gun competition or two-gun this is a must-have I I agree Um, like I said it took me about two minutes to uh, install it and it's it's pretty cool it is really really cool I've got it installed in the jarhead build um but yeah, we're gonna give ten of those away. So on uh, the pinned comment, and I'll put it out here as well. Um, all you gotta do is send an email to. I can't. Let me go up here and copy this. I'm just gonna put it in here for people that aren't watching. Um malia at power and you just use use a subject you just put the subject ghost tactical email your name so they know who it is um malia at power on it's in the pin comment on the chat up there so go ahead and check that out and um but yeah it, it's, it's a great little accessory, very easy to install. It's really going to help you out, whether you're shooting competition or not. I really have enjoyed it. I, I, I saw it for the first time at SHOT Show and in the Hyperion booth. And, man, I was like, what the hell is that? And uh, it's it's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. We're going to get 10 of them away, 10. Uh, so make sure in the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about it. I'll put posts out there. There's going to be a video that I put out this weekend. It's going to be about the, the – um, um, PTC, so you'll get a, kind of get an idea of, of close-ups of it, how it works and all that, and we'll talk about it next week as well. There'll be post after post after post, reminding you about the giveaway. We're going to give away 10 of those for the 300th episode, uh, actually going to be in episode 301. They're actually going to come on to the show and uh, do the drawing live. You don't necessarily have to be here to win, but I'd appreciate it if you were here. Um, if you entered the win, go ahead and show up on the 25th. And we're gonna announce the 10 winners live uh, with them with Hyperion and all that on the show live. So uh, yeah, Malia Poweronmarketing.com. Send your email, your name to that with the t- with the subject ghost tactical. That's all you gotta do. It's pretty simple. You don't have to like anything, you don't have to subscribe to anyone, you don't have to share anything, none of that stuff to all that all this is is send an email with your name subject ghost tactical and we'll talk about that a little bit later um let's take that off for now we'll come back to that in a little bit you guys know that every thursday saturday and monday we have our ghost tactical polls aka the pony polls uh brought to you by our good friends of anderson manufacturing we we have some fun with these polls and let's let's kind of go through them real quick the One sent out yesterday. Yesterday has two point three thousand votes. First of all, thank you guys for always. We we always have great turnout on our on our polls. Um, We always have over a thousand. Usually over fifteen hundred. We've been going over two thousand a lot in the last month on each of our polls. So uh, thank you guys for always participating in those polls. We have a little fun with them. They're not always serious. They're just they're just kind of fun. So thank you for always doing that guys and if you haven't been involved with the polls go check them out every thursday saturday and monday at 10 a.m on our community tab this one from yesterday 2.3 thousand votes of these which is your favorite talking movies here now chris and clover movies war movies if you will 13 hours american sniper jarhead or lone survivor there is no wrong answer chris which one do you go with
1: Man, I really like Jarhead out of those four. They're all good, but I'd have to go with Jarhead on that one.
0: So Jarhead's interesting because a lot of people aren't fans of it uh, because it is a little bit slow. Uh, there are times that it's a little bit weird, if you will. Um, but I'll tell you what. Um, if anyone has been downrange, been overseas, and been somewhere, um, that might be the most accurate of what life is, it's a lot of nothing. Um, hurry up and wait is what you will. Um, yeah, Jimmy Fox, what Kyle out there a Jimmy Fox kills it. Yeah, that's 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 the way a lot of really that's way a lot of gunnies are. Um, you know that that they're going to care about you, but they're there to train you up and they're they're there to make you right. Um, but th- the part about Jarhead is it's very accurate the depiction of life overseas. Um everyone thinks everything's just high pace and all that. Not so much sometimes. You know, it is what it is. Uh but it's a great movie. Um but we did it was getting a little bit of hate in the comments. A little bit of hate. I don't think people truly appreciate Jarhead for what it is. Um John says he'd go with Jarhead on that poll. It's a slow burn, but it develops character in the story, makes it relatable, yeah. Uh, a slow burn that's that's actually i like that it's a slow burn it is a slow burn uh clover of those four do you have a favorite
2: what was the criteria for putting those four in i'm just curious
0: uh those are four of um my favorite kind of war movies of the last 15 20 years
2: an act of valor never crossed your mind
0: it did um but that is some of those things to where for me so
2: that was real like
0: that no was real seals, all, active uh, duty uh, seals yeah. doing that. Uh, but a lot of people never heard of Active Valor, so I knew I knew it wouldn't get many votes. You know what well, I'm it saying? Needs
2: to get out there just so people go watch Active Valor. People, well, yeah. That. The what the we gun say boat that, scene yeah, alone is worth the watch. Alone is worth the watch.
0: When when the Swick team comes, <laughs> loads that minigun on the bank. Lots there's not those trucks. Better, oh. There's not a better 20 seconds in cinema history. No. Folks just saying there's not
2: and then realize so this, that's all real military yeah women so
0: the, the funny thing is we talked about this clover many many times the funny thing about act of valor i remember watching it for the first time years ago and i was like this is the worst movie like worst acting i've ever seen i didn't know anything about this i found it on like netflix or something i was like well this sounds like yeah, a fun i didn't, I didn't think so Oh, I just thought it was as terrible. Just was it,
2: it seemed like real and gritty to me.
0: It, it was. But I also noticed that all of the the handling, all of the team movements, everything was like incredibly precise and 100% accurate. And I remember talking to you about I was like, whoever trained those fools on that movie must be one hell of an instructor because those guys were spot on. Well, a year or so later... I'm reading something, and it says Act of Valor. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that movie. And it said that the actors weren't actors. They were legit active-duty, not retired, active-duty Navy SEALs. So it's was like, well, that makes sense on why the freaking handling and the movements and communication and, and all that was like spot on. Perfect. You know, it's right. the real guy. So now I, now I enjoy it so much more now because I know that and I'm not expecting the acting to be Oscar worthy, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, active valor in protest, but out of the list.
0: No, 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 no. I, 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 I didn't want it to get demolished, and I knew it would. But I will say you're right. Me, everybody needs to go watch active valor. It 100%. is real. Uh, out
2: of the list, I probably go lone survivor, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, the book is much, much better with American Sniper oh. than the movie. Like leaps and bounds, there is no contest. Uh, so if you haven't read the book, go do
0: that. Yeah. Go, um, go read Lone Survivor also. Though.
2: Lone Survivor was a little bit truer to the book toward the latter end. Yep. And so I think that's why I lean Lone Survivor. The interaction with the locals and stuff was more true to the book. Now that now leading up to that, not not really, but that part was. And so and I really liked that part. I liked how the locals took care of him and.
0: And that's a real thing and it, to this. It really movie.
2: showed that even in a crap hole in the, the third world area, there's still decent human beings on the planet.
0: Yep. Every year Marcus and that guy talk. Uh, and I know that he's brought him to America a couple different times. He's gone over there or at least overseas. I don't know if there, but he's gone overseas to meet up with him and his family. Um, the one thing about the book versus the movie on lone survivor is the movie obviously for time constraints, make it seem like he was with that family for a few hours. He was there for a week or so, like week or 10 days before they came and got him. Um, And just people don't realize the torture that that man went through um, by the Taliban. Like they tortured him. Like he wasn't already broke every bone in his body. Like if you ever listen to him tell a a story, first of all, if you never listen to Marcus, give a, a speech, Go on YouTube after the show. After the show, go to YouTube and just Google Marcus Luttrell's speech. I don't care if you don't like the military, you don't like if you don't have a patriotic bone in your body, it doesn't matter. You listen to Marcus give his speech and, and all of that, and you don't feel proud to be where we are in this world, uh, something's wrong with you. But he'll tell you, like, he had like his face was like smashed in, like, literally smashed in. Almost every bone in his body was broken. Um, and it, the movie doesn't can't really depict all that. The movie can't show that he was in captivity for almost a week. And, and honestly, the Taliban had him for a couple days and just tortured the hell out of him. They don't talk about that in the movie. Um, but yes, it is very, very close as far as the relationship. 100% I would agree with you um yeah. obviously after, I'm basically after to, he
2: come down off the mountain or whatever
0: yeah after you kill the mountain and um and all of that then yeah it's or after it's, he
2: was found I should say is that parts fairly yeah
0: yeah um great great movie I mean uh yeah i I watch all four of these i i uh, i I watch all of them regularly honestly uh 13 hours um great movie about Benghazi and um i'm lucky to call one of the people that were there a, a dear friend of mine and um i remember talking with him or texting him one time my daughter loves 13 hours and so i i, I text i text tonto one time we were watching my daughter ask, she's like is he really wearing shorts and i was like let's find out so I, I sent a text and i said you know were you really wearing shorts and he goes yeah i still have them and um he still has everything that he wore that day. He still has them. Um, and he said the funny thing is, is he was wearing a Mickey Mouse t shirt, but Disney would not allow that movie, which I think is stupid, because why wouldn't they want that? You know, but Disney wouldn't allow um that studio to have um him wearing a Mickey Mouse t shirt in the movie. I'm thinking that's why wouldn't they? That's just that's- advertising
2: that's take it, see that's taking the whole copyright licensing thing I think a bit too far
0: yeah yeah
2: right it's 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 a totally like acceptable normal part of human interaction to wear something a shirt like that or whatever so
0: yep yep uh, this is true guns and barbecue says a lot of people don't know that Marcus is actually in the movie yeah so um, if you watch kind of like the beginning of the movie where the team before they go out on red wings um the team's kind of around they've got the young guy that's got to give the the seal speech and all that but there's a guy that's always wearing a stocking cap sunglasses and a big burly beard big guy like six foot five guy that's actually marcus um he doesn't play marcus in the movie obviously mark Wahlberg does but he plays one of the guys on the team and he's in several scenes and he's always got a stocking cap on, sunglasses, and a big old beard. That's actually Marcus Luttrell, so that's a pretty cool thing. Uh oh, Snap, Yehuda Shalom. What's going on, buddy? Uh, good to see Yehuda out here. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it said it's a movie about American patriotism. Yep. Um, yeah, he said that the uh, the copter that's the QRF and shot gets down shot down. Yeah, so I I think one of them did get shot down. I mean, no one, I don't know if anyone, yeah, I think there are people that were died on that. Uh, A lot of people died in the rescue mission for Marcus, but uh, one of the the Helos did get shot down. If you listen to Marcus, he'll tell you that the Helo that actually, that he left out on he said that, that that pilot was crazy because it was, like, on a, cl- a side of a cliff that had, like, no room for a mistake. He either landed it perfectly or he was dead. Uh, and that helo that pilot came in and just slammed it down the side of this mountain cliff. And he said, a foot here, a foot there, and it's gone. So it, it's... it's uh, um, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, yeah, thirteen hours, Benghazi. Go check that out. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, uh, they didn't allow him to use the 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 uh, Mickey Mouse T-shirt in the movie, which I think is just asinine. But that's a great movie, American Sniper. Everyone knows Chris Kyle's story. Um, book better than the movie. Way I hate most
2: stories and funny. Yeah, the book most book. funny
0: yeah i think but in general can we mostly say that most books are going to be better than movies because there is right. more in depth they are able yeah. to put more information they can make it a 600 page novel that they got to squeeze into an hour and 45 minutes or something you know so there's always yeah. going to be that faux shizzle and then jarhead obviously we talked about jarhead earlier so uh 2.3 thousand votes 40 percent say american sniper Twenty. This is this is a pretty this is a pretty close one because they're all four of are great. Forty percent say American Sniper. Twenty-three percent say thirteen hours. Twenty-two percent say lone survivor, and sixteen percent say Jarhead. Pretty close all around. Pretty close all around. Um, our next poll was Saturday. One point nine thousand votes of these. What's your favorite beer? Budweiser, Coors, Corona, or Heineken? Uh, Clover, if you were going to drink a beer of those four, would you, which one would you choose? And
2: you'd have to just about force me to drink any beer. So that poll is that's hashtag. Not my poll. <laughs> um, oh man, you'll probably Heineken. Yep. If, I mean, forced to pick between, I'd, I'd, I'd pick none of them. I'd pick a screwdriver or a, something over that. But uh, you know, forced to pick one of those four, like
0: a screwdriver, like the tool or the drink. Well, like the drink, screwdriver, drink, man. Come on. Okay. okay, I didn't know if you were like like a tool. I'm like, why would?
2: Yeah, like okay. the drink. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, probably Heineken. If, but you know, definitely not. What was it? Bud Light, Budweiser? Like, absolutely not. Like, automatically yeah. off. And I'm not talking about for more recent political reasons right, or whatever right. the heck like i'd never have been a fan of bud light and Budweiser, budweiser stuff in general uh yep. so it'd be between corona and heineken and eh, i think heineken might be the better of the two and that's not saying yeah. much because i don't like any of them but
0: no i hear be. you Coors, i think got a lot of votes for if people are from there with smoking the bandit <laughs> uh, i'd say what it was hilarious speaking of the, the, the political crap that goes Coors on. was on the list yeah, Budweiser, Coors, Corona, and Heineken. Now, Coors oh, original, okay. not Coors Light. Coors, the gold can, the original.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I still go Heineken. Though.
0: Yeah, uh, but a lot of people were talking about, uh, I'm never going to drink any. Uh, it was like Corona because I'm never going to drink another Budweiser product again. Uh, Corona is owned by Anheuser-Busch, so just throwing it out. Hey, there. well,
2: I made the good, better choice all the way around. Then
0: you did, yeah, you did, yeah. You I, did.
2: I never drank any of them to start with, so it doesn't matter to me. Boycott away, as far as I'm concerned.
0: <laughs> Mike out there says, "Why isn't Stella Artois on the list?" Because
2: rednecks can't pronounce it.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't.
2: Now, Gunsnoff says Clover seems like a Zima guy. I have drank my fair share of Zima. Thank you very much. I'm have,
0: I, have, I I, I'm not going to lie. When I was in high school when Zima first came out, I was a Zima. I'm dude. More
2: of, I'll yeah. give you a little tip if you're talking about the Zima-ish stuff anyway. And you're welcome if you try it. Uh, go get the Smirnoff, I guess they're wine coolers, the flavored mm-hmm. Smirnoff mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Then go get you a bag of Jolly Ranchers and drop you a Jolly Rancher that corresponds with the flavor of the Smirnoff into the Smirnoff and let it sit for about 30 seconds before you start drinking it. You're
0: welcome. Way too much work for me, man.
2: Oh, it's nice. There's, oh, God.
0: Way too much. So work. Good. Just, want to drink. just want to drink. It's all good. Uh, Christopher?
2: Uh, this one's an easy one for me. I'm
1: drinking my Coarse Light right now.
0: There you go. So, do you like do you like the original Coors or just Coors Light? I mean, have you had the regular? Course? Yeah, I like
1: regular Coors too. But yeah, I like the light.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. I do um, like
1: Heineken though. Heineken's like one of the beers I like to drink with a meal or something.
0: Yeah. Uh, Heineken's, you know, for beers, not bad. My favorite beer um, is um, Shinerbach. It's a Texas beer. Oh yeah. Um, it's yeah, it, it wasn't
2: on the list, or I'd have probably went Shiner box.
0: No, no I, would, I would, you know, I would.
2: another one that wasn't on the list, but it's kind of hard to do because they got 14 billion different kinds of Sam Adams. But I, I've been yeah. drinking some Sam Adams stuff,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, Corona's not bad if, if I'm gonna go with a Mexican beer. I actually like dos equis, dos equis is a better, I would drink. agree, yeah, yeah, um, more than, more than Corona. um I just like the Corona commercial because Snoop Dogg's on them, so you know.
1: I've never understood why Dos Equis has always been kind of sha- overshadowed
2: by Cor or by uh, Corona advertising I dollars. Think it's a lot better yeah. beer. Adver- Ghost hit on it earlier. It's because of the advertising dollars behind Man-Hazer it. And Hazard
0: Bush owns Corona, so they're going to have a lot of money to spend on that. I mean, you, you look at look at the recent commercial. You've got Snoop Dogg. You've got. Um, Tony Romo, you've got the guy from Saturday Night Live. What was his name? Um, they've got some serious names as their, as their uh, talent on, on all that. Yingling's not bad yet. Yeah, there was a beer that I drank a lot of in high school that we just thought we were high class because we were drinking it, but it was called St. Polly Girl. I don't know if you remember St. Polly Girl or not. I don't know if it was a good beer or not. Um, we could get it pretty cheap where i lived and all of that so when you go to the same gas station that never cards anyone you kind of just go with what they have um so we we, we did we, we drink a little a lot of saint poly girl and we drank uh a lot of bull moose you guys ever had bull moose bull moose beer that might be a Texas thing i don't know it was pretty bad but uh once again, we drink whatever we well, it could. could
2: be paps or old Milwaukee or I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. man, you um, had to have a stomach of
1: iron in high school. Then if you're drinking St. Pauli girl, that's a stout German beer right there.
0: It is understand that. Um, I, I might've had a little problem <laughs> back in those days. Uh, I think a lot of us had a, a problem. Um,
1: Although it was smart because you're getting more alcohol per, per beer than you would have been out of a lot of the other ones. so
0: Yeah. Oh, so Snob So snob brings up a good one. He says, I drink high-class beer, Keystone Light. So if you're about our age, you remember the Keystone Light Tall Boys. I don't even know if the Tall Boys are still around, but they had Tall Boys back in the day. Now, there was a beer, in, and Clover knows what I'm talking about. There was a beer called Lone Star. Oh yeah. It's a Texas beer. It's damn near like flavored piss, honestly. Let's just be real about it.
2: It's a Texas it's, version of Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, it, it's just disgusting, Basically. right? Yeah. Um it, it makes PBR and all that like good yeah. beer. Yeah. Um but we could get we could get back the day we could get now I'm not talking a case. I was talking like back then they were their uh a case was twenty four, they weren't thirty packs, they were twenty four packs, right? Yeah. Uh, or six packs. Basically, we could get a case of Lone Star Light for like six bucks. You could literally buy a case of beer for stuff you find on your couch, right? So, yeah. what we would do is we would go and get a case of Lone Star Light, and then we'd get a six pack of Keystone Tallboys, and we'd shotgun the Keystone Light Tallboys so that we would have something that tastes rather decent in our mouths before we start drinking the flavored piss so for us the keystone light tall boys were high quality beer compared to what we were getting ready to drink the rest of the night
2: now with uh with keystone does anybody find themselves when somebody goofs up or does something going smooth just like keystone i still use that line and every now and then somebody will catch on or I, I will say, or every now and then somebody will do something and I'll go smooth like that. And they'll reply with, just like Keith Stone. And it makes my day. I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome.
0: I don't remember. I remember the ad thing, but yeah. I don't remember using it myself. Smooth. I might have. Just I like Keith know. Stone. There's a good chance there's a lot of shit that I don't remember um, from Friday and Saturday nights in high school. They'll tell them what I was talking about back then. Um, uh, but yeah, I re- and I remember speaking of Schaeferbach. That was kind of when Schaeferbach started kind of coming out was when I was in high school. So you could get Schaeferbach like for nothing because they were just trying to get people to buy it and get the name out there. So you could get Schaeferbach for like maybe eight or nine bucks for a, a case of beer. And we're talking about Schaeferbach, which now you know it's a really good beer. And and it was just one of those things where they were just trying to get it out, the name out. So we were able to buy. Um, I think about eight bucks, um, eight bucks or so for a case. So it was, it was nice. It was back in the day, man, you could buy a lot of beer for cheap. Um, not so much anymore. 30 pack costs you what about 20, 25 bucks these days, you know? So
2: I don't know, but I, I contend that you can almost buy beer cheaper than soda nowadays. Good God, it's
0: a yeah, sodas. So Soda's getting expensive. I was um,
2: seeing $7.99 for a twelve pack the other day, like name brand, like Coke. And I'm like, holy yeah. crap, seven ninety nine for a twelve pack? Like we're beyond the fifty cent a can point. Oh and yeah. It's for like, sure. Holy crap.
0: Yeah, I remember we are we were talking I was talking with someone. Hell it might have been I don't know. Might have been you. I don't know. Um but we were talking about when I was in high school, gas costs a dollar a gallon cigarettes cost two pack two dollars for a pack and you could get a, a case of beer for six dollars might not have been good beer but you could get a, a, a case of beer for six dollars um that is not the case on any of those counts anymore so uh real quick shout out to mandatory carry three dollars super chat he is a will call fixed now in five minutes from home uh don't be texting and and and, and super chatting while you're driving thank you very much uh, oh, I remember this. Yeah, he said we. MG, uh, the business said we drank a lot of MGD in college, nine ninety nine long neck cases. I forgot MGD. MGD had a, a nice little run oh, yeah. there for a the few yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about MGD. Yeah, there was something about MGD that was kind of like I don't remember what it was, but it was kind of like uh, they changed the game. I don't remember was that what was it they did? I can't remember. But there was something about MGD that was different um, back in the day. I don't remember what it was. but MGD was not bad. MGD was not bad. I, I drink a lot of Coors Light. Um, drink a lot of um, Lone Star, but a lot of Keystone. Uh, most of us drink Coors Light. I don't know if it's because that's what our, you know, some of our buddies' dads always had. they go steal from the ranch refrigerator or whatever. Um, but we drink a lot of Coors Light. Um that's probably why I don't drink Coors Light anymore, Chris. I just had so much of it when I was a kid. I just—it's what it is, you know. Uh, wait till college. What are we talking about here? You know what? Funny thing is, and I'll ask you this: I drank way too much from the time I was about fifteen to I was twenty-one. Honest to God, I, mean, I still drink. I still drink a couple times a year. Uh, I don't drink much anymore, hardly ever. Um, but I, I even after I turned twenty-one, I drank quite a bit. But it seems like to me that I did. Like ninety percent of my just crazy ass drinking before I was twenty one, and I wonder if that was because more it was more of a of a a, how do I put this a test or it was more of like a mission to be able to buy beer before you're twenty one or what? But do you guys did you guys drink as much after you turned twenty one as you did before, or was it just me?
2: Oh, definitely less, way less.
0: You drink less after you turn twenty one? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that and was definitely
2: and definitely better stuff when I drank. Like I you know, I oh, very on, yeah. I, I won't drink a I won't drink a beer, like I said, very rarely, if like I ever. Don't drink anymore. You know. Uh it's gone, but it's because in those teenage days it was just so much. That was the easiest thing to get. Like you said, cases and you know, some kids' dad's garage or whatever the case may be, wherever it come from. Know, bootleggers yeah. or it was easy to get or whatever it was it was cheap to get a lot of it for cheap and that sort of stuff And so, you know, you get yeah. so much of that and then you, you turn 21 And then you go into liquor stores and you actually buy good stuff yourself You know, you start buying the whiskeys and, oh, and the vodkas and the other things and you start playing around with you know mixed drinks and You know old fashions and whatever it might be and you're like, holy crap. Why was I drinking that nasty? water for like
0: yeah that I was the same way i didn't drink nearly as much after i was 21 um but i drank much better yeah i found you could I have no i found all sorts of stuff that i found you know the belvedere vodkas if you will um you know i remember uh someone brought up mad dog 2020 um uh, our he, or for me, it was Boone, Strawberry Hill, baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Mad Dog, I'd drink. I had Brass Monkey every now and then. A lot of stuff was just nasty, but I mean, who out there didn't drink Boone's Farm at least when uh, yeah. there in high school? So, you
2: know? so I'll tell you what we would do with Boone's Farm. Uh, we would get a bottle of Boone's Farm, and we would go out to the. Uh, we'd go out, hang out at the park a lot, and they had, you know, the and they may still have them at parks, but the big corkscrew slides for the kids to go down. Yeah, and the objective would be to drink that bottle of Boone's Farm as fast as you can drink it. Yeah. Right, climb up to the top of the 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 uh, the slide, slide down that big tall corkscrew slide, and then try to stand up. <laughs> And that wasn't an objective. Very few people could do that.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, no, I get it. I get it.
2: Because by the time you climbed up the thing, and then by the time you was dizzy from sliding down, and the alcohol kicking in and everything else, like, you did good not to throw up, let alone stand up.
0: Yeah. I have been blessed in my life to... Uh, to my remembrance which might not be a good thing I don't even know if remembrance is a word but to my to my recollection I've never had a hangover um been uh, very very lucky in my life I, I had unfortunately one. I unfortunately have had several blackouts in my life um those are interesting. When you wake up and you really don't know where you are or how you got there or who is this person next to you, any of that stuff. Um, interesting times. But uh, I remember we would go. We would. We would. God. We would get so shit faced in high school. And there was like an elementary school a couple blocks from most of our houses and all of that. And we would go. Um, just get hammered and we go our girlfriends and all we'd go out to like the elementary school and just hang out like there were basketball court and all that and play about like three in the mornings hanging out but do you remember on the playgrounds that thing that you had to hold on but it spun and like oh yeah know? try to get that some bitch when you're hammered that's oh, not uh, good. Uh, we, would, yeah. we would sit there we all put now back in the day we all put like five bucks in the pot and we would just spin it and the last person to be on won everything and we would be i mean oh man now you could be on it but if you like threw up you were out whether you, you were out or yeah or not it was the last person to be there without getting sick and all of that uh oh tetherball hell yeah we played tetherball all the time drunk. Oh, yeah. drunk tetherball's fun
2: that's hit the that's, that's called you know, hit the other person in the face balls what that's, that's called pretty <laughs>
0: much what it is yes um but, yeah, I don't know what that thing is called, but that was one of the funnest times we would have. Um, Chris is sitting a there being all- around.
2: I guess it's a merry-go-round, I guess. Around, I guess.
0: Where he is um, under indictment for still some of the stuff, or he's worried about being indicted for some of the stuff he did, or he's just uh, laughing at us. But I bet you in Ohio they did some stupid stuff in cornfields and shit up there.
1: Yeah, I have a... Uh... Yeah, I could probably write a couple books on all the stuff I've done. <laughs> I lived a I lived a whole different life at one time. But yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I've, been, there. Yeah, I've been
1: to the I've been on the blackouts and the...
0: yeah, It's not fun. It's not fun. Because you don't know, like you, you suspect that you didn't do anything like terrible, but just that. That thought of, I have no idea what happened in that three or four hour span of my life is kind of um, interesting, to say the least. Yeah. Um, uh, John says, they probably tipped cows and stuff in Ohio. Then again, they did that in Texas, too. I can neither confirm nor deny any cow tipping that took place at all at all uh cannot confirm or deny that uh may or may not have happened several times i don't know that was kind of a common occurrence if you grow up in 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 texas and you have friends that have ranches and have cattle i mean let's just be honest it's it might happen i don't know um anyway i think clover's fighting a wasp right now and he is dangerously allergic to wasps so um uh we all got to play drunk uno with some shots of crown Hittacy or whatever the hell that last one is. Um probably not. Um he told about that shot show, then definitely not. I don't have time to sit down and play uno, just saying. <laughs> um, um
1: I saw earlier he was talking about the price of beer in Vegas.
0: Yeah, the price of everything in Vegas is expensive. Unless you're in a casino gambling, if you're gambling in a casino, you probably are going to be able to get free drinks, but you're going to have to spend some money to do that. Yeah, are you really getting them for free? You know, no, you, lo- but, you lose a hundred dollars and yeah, get a couple <laughs> of drinks. I mean, you know, that's what it is. Uh, but yeah, um, let's see. Let's go back here. Uh, One point nine thousand votes. Forty-three percent say Corona, thirty-one percent say Coors, seventeen percent say Heineken, and surprisingly, Budweiser got nine percent. Just saying, Budweiser was a beer that my dad drank. He he enjoyed it, and and, and then he also enjoyed a good Heineken. But uh, his beer choice was definitely going to be Budweiser, Bud heavy, if you will. Um, But yeah. Uh, last one, 2.2,000 um, votes was last Thursday. What, is, what caliber of these, uh, what caliber is your favorite for your everyday carry? I put 22LR, 9mm, 45ACP, 380 or other. Uh, let's go to Chris first, because I think Clover still might be, uh, battling a, a a big wasp, so, uh, what's your favorite carry caliber?
1: Nine millimeter.
0: There you go. I knew I liked you for a reason. I honestly, uh, wouldn't have a problem with any of these. Maybe uh nine and 380 for sure i think you could probably add in 10 millimeter i think that could be interesting depending on the type of gun i'm a i'm a not a big guy so 45 and 10 and all that depending on the gun can be kind of tough because uh i don't like carrying full-size guns every day i'm more subcompact and all that um but a good subcompact maybe 10 millimeter that's you know maybe like a Witness 2311 coming out at theaters near you. Um, but something like that, no, but a, a good sub is great. But I, I tend to go with 380 and 9 because I do like compacts, subcompacts, because I, I don't like carrying full-size guns because I'm not a big guy. Um, carrying a six-inch, um, leave that out there for right now. Carrying a six-inch is tough for me. Uh, but no, carrying a six-inch gun is tough for me uh clover you still fighting wasps
2: no i'm back i got him he did, did.
0: He you, did did he get you first no
2: no I, i'm too quick
0: yeah um i don't know if you heard this one no i didn't i, I just I know, it. I, I, I know what your answer is but i want you you know but what's your favorite caliber for carrying every day 22 lr 9 oh. 45 380 or other i know what that's you're going to say nice that's
2: obvious it's 380 yeah
0: yeah yeah um, there's a, there's a shirt that I was telling Clue about earlier on the phone. I saw that I was stopped by the gas station to get some tobacco cancer sticks and, um, guy in front of me had his t-shirt on. It had like 22LR, 380, nine millimeter, 45. And it said something like, uh, all these are, Better than a phone call, or faster than a phone call. and I was like, "Oh, that's a really cool shirt." I said, "Hey, man, I didn't see, I didn't see who made these. I didn't see the front of it. I just saw the back, but it was a pretty cool shirt." Um, and ironically, this was my poll that I put out last week. But I just saw, I was kind of, oh, that's kind of cool. But yeah, uh, a lot of people with other, a lot of people were saying forty. They're all wrong. Um, a lot of ten millimeter love, and I was telling Chris, I don't know if you're here. I wouldn't mind carrying ten millimeter. Uh, the problem is I don't like carrying full size guns when I do carry. Um, so 10 millimeters is great. And in like a witness 23 alone or something to be fine. But most 10 millimeters that are compact, let's say four inch barrels are pretty rough. Yeah, decide. they
2: are. Yeah. 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 With defensive, with sure enough defensive 10 millimeter. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. 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 They're
2: a little, they're a little tough. I mean, 45 is even milder than to me, uh, in yeah. a, In a smaller handgun than 10 millimeter is.
0: Yep. Um, Real quick, I want to touch on this again. If you guys are just new to the uh, show or just turning up in the last few minutes, we are doing a giveaway. Uh, We're going to run it for two weeks, so uh, it'll be on the live show on the 25th. The 25th, we will announce the winner, but there's more than one winner. And what are we giving away? We are giving away from Hyperion Munitions. We're going to give away... The precise trigger control and it, it replaces your trigger guard um on your ar platforms it takes about two minutes it took me about two minutes so for a normal human being take about 45 seconds but it took me two minutes um but it replaces your trigger guard which is real simple to change out but it's got a screw it to where you pull the trigger and then you bring that trigger back to reset and then you kind of just tighten that screw down and that's where the trigger goes from for, for from that point on it just it's that Real quick, you know, like one-and-a-half-pound trigger or whatever. Um, but it's real quick from Reset. It's it's right there. Uh, it's a great, cool, really cool device. Saw it at shot so this year. Hyperion's been great. They sponsored the Jarhead podcast, so thank you to them for that. They also wanted to be involved with our 300th episode of the podcast, Armed Citizen podcast. They're going to give away 10 of these. 10. 10. Um, so I'm going to type out the... Um, Um, what do you call it? Email. And it's pinned up there as well. If you guys see the pin message, it'll tell you what to do. All you've got to do is send um, an email to malia at poweronmarketing.com with your name. That's all you have to put in there. Uh, I'll put it out here also just as a link. Um, malia at Power On Marketing with just your name if you want to in there, but your subjects, just, just put Ghost Tactical. If you put Ghost Tactical in the subject, you are entered. That's it. You don't have to follow anybody. You don't have to subscribe to anybody. You don't have to like anything. You don't have to share anything. Literally send an email with your name on it to Malia at Power On Marketing with the subject of the email being ghost tactical and you are entered we're going to give 10 of these away for free um two weeks from tonight there so thank you to them they're being involved with the 300 show which will be next week we're gonna have a little cool show next week and then the week after that we'll have them actually they're going to come on to the show as well and we're going to give away live 10 precise trigger control groups so uh it's pretty cool saying thank you to them as well Um, so yeah, we'll come back later on, talk about that again, if you want, but, uh, yeah, email Malia subject ghost tactical with your name in it. Um, so what I wanted to do real quick is talk about carry guns. That's why the poll was there. And we've talked about guns that we like, and we talked about calibers that we like, uh, we've even talked about what type of carry ammo. I think last week we talked about the V-crowns and the different types of defensive carry ammo, ammo that we like and use and have, have used and all that. But what I want to talk about now, tonight for the, for the little bit of time we have left, and, and, and let us know out there as well in the chat the uh, answer to the question as well, but what was the first gun that you bought specifically to carry not a gun that you already had that say i can carry this but what was the first gun if you remember that you specifically bought to be a carry gun and why so i'll start with you chris do you remember the first gun that you said i'm buying this for the specific purpose of carrying
1: it's funny you brought that up because i just did a video sunday we're all doing those videos for lakeview outdoors right now our first gun and i don't have my first rifle or my first shotgun. But I do have my first handgun that I bought for carry. Um, My first gun that I bought was a Walther PK 380.
0: Really? Yeah. Uh, Ghost
2: Ghost loves that. Ghost loves that handgun, by the
0: way. What a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I love Walther, but that, to me, we were actually, ironically, Claire and I were talking about that piece of shit earlier. I haven't shot it in several years um it shoots fine don't get me wrong it shoots fine to me the upper and the lower and that's the upper and lower you guys know what i mean the slide versus the frame but the upper and the lower are two completely different guns like the slide and the barrel and all that is walther but to me the frame is that polymer crap, but it's like the cheap polymer like they use for airsoft guns. Did you get it? Did I just get a bad one or did you get that same kind of no, it,
1: It's it's funny you say that because I talked about that in the video. I said if I knew if I would have known then what I know yeah. now.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I would have never bought it. And I've kept it i had i got that gun out of the safe sunday morning i bet i hadn't shot it in five or six years and i remembered why i hadn't shot. It when i got it to the range
0: it shoots yes. fine it, it 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 shoots it just feels crappy it looks crappy it just when you when you think walter you think of a of a, a, a certain quality right yeah and that one just isn't <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and the thing is is like I didn't know anything oh. about handguns back then. I was always a yeah. rifle guy and um, yeah. but I loved Walther and at the time that's what I could mm-hmm. afford and I was like, oh it's a Walther. It can't be
0: bad. Yeah.
1: Um but yeah, so and it, you know the that pinky You should
0: have gone with a PP, you should have gone with a PPK.
1: Yeah, or a P ninety nine or
2: whatever they yeah. had out I mean,
0: back that's then. A well, great uh,
2: gun. well that PK three eighty is not even built by
0: Walther. It's, it's built by Umarex. Right. But it's the same company, same building. I've been to their building. It's, it's the same it's building.
1: I'll tell you what drives me nuts about that gun. You know how it has that pinky extension like on the mag? Yeah. That, yeah. that thing wiggles around like you, oh, can, it's
0: terrible. you can
1: feel it while you're shooting. Um,
0: it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but i felt I've kept it because it, it was my first gun. I remember this is gosh four years ago five years ago whenever it was and um i have a friend of mine and clover and i have a good friend that that used to work with walter who's now with another company um and he had sent us ppqs and ppq in my book is one of the best guns ever to be honest with you uh it's definitely as good if not better than any stock trigger i've ever pulled I uh, love the PPQ. Still on my carry rotation today. So this person had reached out and said, "Hey, anything, you know, else you want?" And I was like, "You know, my daughter actually, you know, she, at the time my daughter liked 380." Um, and I said, "Well, that, you know, and it, 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 it's it's one of those kind of easy slide, uh, slide racks and all that." Um easier i should say so i said well that pk380 looks kind of cool my you know my daughter might like that but i'll do a video on it and he said it to me and i was just like and i feel bad but like i can't like give it a glowing review you know um i mean i told i told the truth it shot well um the trigger's not terrible um not terrible um it shot pretty accurately but it just feels like Trash. It just feels cheap. And I said that and I felt terrible for it, but there like there, there is no way to sugarcoat how bad that gun looks and feels. I mean, there is just no way. It, 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 what do you do? You, you gotta tell the truth. I mean, it's like it shoots great, it's probably and it it, it it cycles everything, it's it's not gonna malfunction, but it just looks cheap and feels cheap to me, you know. Yeah, you know,
1: the trigger wasn't bad in it at all. Not bad. Uh, it's single action. It was good.
0: Single action, yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, yeah. Now the PPQ is a great gun. I got my my first PPQ hanging there on the wall, and uh, <laughs> what a my, great. my only issue with the PPQ is, and and I, but I've got I've got really really big hands. Um, the PD, I do not
0: have that problem.
1: The PDP fixed that problem. Because the frame's got a little more length on it now.
0: Now, does the PDQ is, a, PD- a, is like a flared magwell too, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. So what I did, but all I did with my PPQ um, was just put a magwell on it, and that that fixed that issue for me. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing you know, gun. Yeah, the PPQ. I mean, you're never going to hear anyone that I know uh that's actually shot one ever say anything bad the the ppq honestly might be one of the best guns that's come out in the last you know 10 years i mean legitimately one of the best guns and ironically people talk about the canic um the canics are great guns do you know what the canic tp9 is it's a p99 clone the p99 clone I mean, it is. It's a P99 clone. So the two best guns that I enjoy as far as what I think are the best triggers stock that I've ever shot are the PPQ and the Tecanic TP9. Well, they're both basically Walther's. Mm-hmm. what does that tell you you know that p99 is a great gun it really is um it's funny that people love the canic tp9 and have no idea you ask about the p99 they're like oh i don't know never shot it yeah yeah <laughs> you just don't know that you shot the p99 you know
1: i've done um, multiple videos on the channel you can take the slide off the canic and run it on the walther frame
0: Can you really i didn't know that could you yeah, really so you can interesting
1: i can take the slide from my tp9 sfx my PDP Pro and my PPQM2, and run them all on every one of those frames, and vice versa.
0: That's awesome. Now, uh, what about the magazines? Are they different? Can they all interchange? Like the 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 P99, or let's say that like the, the, the uh, does a canic interchange with any of them, or is it a proprietary uh, mag?
1: Nope. The mags. So the mags are technically all the same. But okay. you can run the canic mags on the PDP Pro and the PPQ, but you can't Undertale. run the Walther mags on the Caniks because the Caniks have a longer grip than both of them.
0: They do. They do. You're right. So yep. it's
1: because of the mags are shorter, but they're the exact unless same. You,
0: unless you can go find like a, an aftermarket, like 19-round magazine for Walther, maybe it would work in a Canik. Yeah. Know.
1: So basically, like, if you can't find Walther mags, you can buy the Canic mags, and they're going to work That's in cool. all your Walthers.
0: Yep. Uh, let's go through before I bring Clover in, because Clover probably doesn't even remember the first gun he bought for carry. But um, let's go through the list real quick. Uh, Defense Dad says Taurus G2C. Uh, Chicago Mike says uh, carry gun canic TP9 SF uh jacob says i was going to carry the llama 380 i bought was my first carry however it's broken now go figure uh jason stewart said 92 centurion tactical wilson combat holy snap i didn't know that wilson did a 92 uh interesting doesn't surprise me but i just i wasn't aware that was a thing um Mario says Canon TP9 version 2 has a decocker. Rich White says MP Shield Gen 1 and 40 Smith. Everyone makes a mistake and you made yours right off the bat in 40 Smith. But hey, at least you bought a, a SHIELD. That's a great gun. Uh, West said the Shield 9. Uh, Smith the Cord Carries. Smith Weston was that four. 4006 i can't read that weird ass is that is that what that is is that a gun chris clover smith and wesson 4006 yeah, yeah it is yeah okay. six, never yeah, i've yeah. never i've never heard of that um uh because the california highway patrol had just adopted them so is that a revolver i guess i'm assuming no, it's,
2: a, it's a later gen one of the ones like snobs into you know
0: oh like the third gen smiths and all that stuff Okay, um, let's see here. Guns of Barbecue says my first carrot gun was a Ruger P95. Uh, bought it to be my duty weapon when I worked armed security. There you go. Uh, Ozzy says uh, Ruger SP101 and 357. That's pretty cool. Defense Dad says almost bought a Shield Plus yesterday. There's one, to use one in case for $299. That is a steal. Go buy it. Go buy it. Uh, Shield Plus, you can't go wrong with I, I, I'm a huge fan of the Shield platform um that was my first gun that i bought specifically for carry was the original shield and um the shield whether you like it or not i don't think anyone will ever argue that the shield changed the game for carry guns it it set the bar for a long long time for that subcompact carry gun um most people that were carrying 10 years ago probably had a shield. Let's be honest, you know. Uh, John Grimm out there says, Great question. Goes, Hey, I only ask the great questions. First gun I bought was a Breda PX4 Storm. Holy hell. Uh, just saw it like to have a different carry pistol now. Oh, we all have different carry pistols now. Uh, I've got a PX4 Storm. Um, I think it's a pretty cool gun. Um, it's definitely a different gun, um, but I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. I've got one. I don't shoot it very often, hardly ever anymore. But uh, it's a pretty cool gun. Fix says all I remember was a thirty-eight revolver. There you go. Um, let's see here. Keep going down. Wes says I have a Shield Nine Plus. Loves it. Yep. Uh, Guns barbecue says. Oh, the P95 bought it for security. Still have it. Never get rid of it. Had to draw it once. Too sentimental for me. There you go. Um, Chicago Mike says I saw a used PPQ for $200. Wow.
2: Yeah, that would be gone in a heartbeat.
0: Uh,
2: I'll buy them all day long for that. I'll mortgage oh, my house to buy them at that. Like, seriously. That's,
0: Holy I moly! never heard that. Now, the only man, what the hell? That maybe was that maybe a misprint? I don't know. Geez, how did you not buy that? Good lord. Wow. Wow. Um, Jacob wants to know, Chris, what is a 740? Oh, I know we've talked about this, but you want to enlighten young man Jacob if you would like to?
1: Yeah, I told him out in the side chat.
0: And- oh, okay.
1: Or Carrie right. told me, yeah
0: kyle my god he is actually publicly admitting this kyle brother 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 sky cpx 380 i would not
2: that's a lot of that's a first for those skies are first right a lot of people though he's not alone
0: no i love have bought bottom uh, a lot of people bought something else very quickly after but oh uh, uh, yeah
2: yeah without a doubt but i mean say like a lot's a lot of people's first carry gun because it was their and,
0: and everything shops, yep.
2: unfortunately shops liked to talk them up because yep. they made good profits and stuff on them they i've, I've seen that i've money. seen that a lot of seen a lot of um well i'm going to pick on a very big chain uh atwoods farm and ranch for example uh right. they're a big chain so screw them i'll talk bad about them but they uh they would pimp those every chance they got as all oh, you need this you're looking for a carry get this guy you need this guy and know it full well they were garbage
0: yeah oh yeah um yeah anyways uh yeah speaking
1: go ahead. Of, speaking of guns did you see the new smith and wesson 22 mag that came out today
0: i did not i'm sure i'm surprised clover hasn't already like I've
1: only got to watch two reviews on it so far. I watched Honest Outlaw, and then
2: I'm not going to say the other guy's name because they're just copying a Walther, the Walther, basically.
1: Yeah, I just – it it looks a lot nicer, though. I hate to say that, too, as much as I like Walther, but it looks a lot nicer than the WMP. Um, Yeah, yeah, they came out with a – yeah, the back capacity on it is insane, too. What is it? 30. Keltac's been doing that for a long time.
0: Yeah. So. Well, we talk about Celtech. You can say what you want to about Kel-tech, but Keltac has been ahead of the curve for uh, engineering and all of that for years. I'm, we'll trash them, but they'll end up using their designs later on in life.
2: So everybody knows I'm a fud, uh, and um, so with that, with everybody knowing that, I'm going to say this, and, and a lot of people's going to know what I'm going to say. I am still not on board with a rimfire magazine fed capacity above 10. Geometry, rim thickness, all other things at play with that particular cartridge. I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't see it as a long-term reliable option.
1: Well, and that was what I wanted to say about that was so honest outlaw had a ton of trouble with feet issues with that oh, guy the other yeah. video that I watched the guy's actually sponsored by Smith and Wesson yeah. and he didn't mm. have any issues with the gun. So um
0: was yeah so I'm gonna
1: watch some more videos oh, on it. Man. It's a neat looking gun. It'd be a fun one just for a range just for a range gun. So play around with
0: was the second guy Jerry
1: no no no
0: oh okay yeah. I didn't know um Yeah, Um, Finstad, PBQSC is my favorite carry gun that I have. Absolutely. Um, Stop. Stop. God.
2: Stop. Hey, what if, hey, now what did he say? Canik was better than Glock? Now, what if the Glock had a vortex on it, Mike? But, 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 But what if the Glock had a vortex? That's the question I've got for Mike. Is it, is it still, so, is the Canik still better than the Glock if the Glock has a vortex? Now, be honest, bro. Come it, it's on.
0: That's a fair question. That's a fair question. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Got to rip on Mike a little bit.
0: A little bit. Uh, Gary says his is the Taurus TCP 380. I don't even know what the TCP is, maybe. Oh, I don't even know what the TCP is, Taurus. Movement,
2: that was Taurus's attempt at the LCP, basically.
0: Yeah. Okay. It, it, wasn't yeah.
2: good. <laughs> that
0: way. I'm surprised, honestly. We haven't seen a bunch of LCPs out there. Honestly, um, let's see here. Man, I gotta catch up. Gotta catch up here. Uh That I, I think it's more right. Defense does say Gary's first carry goes a flintlock. I think that's a little more accurate. Blunderbuss, maybe. Um, yeah, holy cow! Lance is calling, uh, saying hi from Florida. He's on vacation. you got to have much better things to do right now than to watch this shit show.
2: Watch out for the um, undertow or whatever is causing oh,
0: the problems. Don't go out there in the undertow. Don't be like Mallet. Um, but yeah. Uh, defense that says, next carry going to be the HK SPF 9 CC when it comes out. Shrunk down VP9. I'm all for that, but uh-oh. uh I don't know if Chris had to leave or what. Uh we'll give him a few minutes if he wants to come back in. Maybe he has pushed the wrong button.
2: I think he drank one too many coors light and hit the wrong. I
0: one. think he had some 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 coors light there for sure. Uh oh, there. Oh, there he is. He's back.
1: That was weird. I don't know what happened there.
0: Well, I think Clover was right. You had way too much Coors Light and you just pushed the wrong button, you know. Uh, let's see here, Jacob out there. So, if you guys aren't familiar with Jacob, Jacob's a, a, a young man who just got into guns several years ago, and we've been very blessed to have him on the show since he kind of got into guns. Uh, and he has brought some of the most insightful, great questions this show has ever had. Um, he asked great questions because he was honestly trying to learn more about guns, I and mean, it's kind of cool to see him in his journey. But he said, I've seen several used handguns on the shelf. It is a local gun shop. They were actually priced pretty low compared to the others in my area. Several times it it come and go out in the same day. It happens. I mean, that's what you know. You gotta be a um, an opportunistic buyer yeah, like Clovis.
2: Yeah, you're not down there far enough. But he says I'll click on it since I am. He said I saw eight police use shotguns uh, oh, yeah. up at LGS, and they were gone within a week. Um, so yeah, a lot of the uh, a lot of poli- police police trade ins are usually priced right. I think John even is talking about police trade ins up there. But yep. yeah, police trade ins. Keep an eye out for that stuff because they're sure. usually pretty good shape and they're usually pretty good deals, and they will go quick.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, Can we all agree that the Taurus Curve is the best carry gun?
2: Ah, the Speculum or whatever. The Spectrum is right there with it, too, I think. Yeah. The Curve was cool looking. It gets props for cool looking.
0: I will give you that. I've actually never shot one, but everyone that I know that has said it was trash. Now, now
2: if it would actually curve the bullet, they would have had something.
0: Be cool. What was that? Was that salt or what what was that? That, that movie? was
2: that was
0: oh, was the other Angelina Jolie movie. Uh not remember. salt.
2: It was one name on it though.
0: Yeah, but it was that was pretty cool.
2: Somebody'll somebody, somebody will name it out there. But yeah,
0: yeah. Mc, McAvoy. That was one of his first movies that I remember seeing him in. He's a phenomenal
2: actor. Definitely Angelina Jolie. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Ooh. Curbing the bullets.
0: <laughs> That's right. Like, um let's see here uh right, so let's go to clover uh we haven't asked you haven't answered this question you've had plenty of time to think back in the rolodex and figure out what the first gun that you bought specifically to carry
2: i believe the burst of thunder 45 i believe first i bought to carry
0: yeah bought specifically for the yeah. purpose of carrying yeah
2: yeah i think the burst is under 45 i think the reason I had to have the knockdown power. At the time, the Thunder three hundred and eighty was the go-to concealed carry, but yeah. I had to have the knockdown power, so I got the forty-five baby.
0: How'd that work out for you? Hinnett? Yeah, yeah. I it a forty-five?
2: Yeah, it's a yeah, but it's heavy. It's all metal. It's a, it's a pretty phenomenal okay. gun for what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I moved from there into the Parrotman's Warthog, and then moved from there into the oh, yeah.
0: And people like. What happened to priority? Like, no one talks about those anymore. Like, what happened to them? Be honest.
2: They had some issues. They just, uh, at the time, they were not following the poly micro trend. You know what I mean? And so, because of that, my opinion, uh, and the fact they were made in Canada, and Canada has had some pretty draconian laws passed, uh, they were bought out by the controlling partings of, of Remington, And then Remington basically shelved them.
0: They changed it. They changed
2: it. They changed the Para USA for a little while, uh, but not very long. And then Remington shelved them, and it's just been the name's been sitting ever since, pretty much. But Para had some very cool firearms. They had a GI Model 1911.
0: But I always always want to know what happened to them. You know, they just kind of went away. Now I know why. They got shelved.
2: That's basically what happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Out.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just asking a question here. Was who oh, he Para? Will.
0: He will correct you. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't
1: Para kind of the original company that made a 2011?
2: Weren't they like the original company? Oh yeah, the double stacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Tac. Their Tac Nine. The Tac Five. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was fixing to say. The two most awesome handguns, and that Para we're talking about Para ordinance the original from Canada, because mm-hmm. the ones that they made under eminence sucked. Um, like everything else Remington made under Remington, I guess. But anyway, um the Paralinance Warthog, double stack small frame 45, 1911. why not? Right? And then the pair Ordnance Tac five, which was a double stack nine millimeter, essentially a twenty three eleven. Um, and I had the opportunity to pie a freaking pack 5 and I passed on it and this was quite a few years back, maybe four or five years ago, and Ghost knows because I bitch about it all the time.
0: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> like, I should not have passed on that. Like, they didn't make sure. them anymore. I knew it. It was a decent buy. It wasn't a steal. It was a decent buy and I passed on it and I wished I had not because those are my two favorite pairs by by long
0: stretch. There are a few guns. We've known each other for six years now. There are a few guns, not many, but a few guns that you still that still haunt you, and that that is one of them. Um, that you did you know? Yeah. And it wasn't. And it wasn't like there was a bang in price. It was a fair price. Fair price. Yeah. What it's worth now, you would have made money on it. Oh yeah, they're they're a
2: thousand plus now. If you find, I mean, easily the Tac Fives are they're a thousand plus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but I remember there's been a couple. There's been a couple that uh, have haunted you. But Um,
2: Chris is absolutely right. That's the OG, basically the OG.
0: Yep. Yeah. Oh, show. Uh, My first gun, specifically to to carry, was the Shield. I think we talked about that earlier, and I remember buying that because it it was. There were a lot of guns like the Glock 19 and, and all that that could be used to carry, you know, but that was the first gun that I remember uh, in a nine millimeter that wasn't either full size or anything like that, but it was like a good subcompact size that was literally designed for carry. Uh, it's very slim profile, easy to carry, uh, you know, which I, I enjoy. If you, especially if you carry like I do inside the waist. The slim profile of, of the shield made it really easy to carry, uh, for especially for someone like me that's not a big person. Um, so, yeah, I, I've always enjoyed. I remember I told a story that when I started shooting IDPA, they always said, "Bring the you know shoot the gun in competition. I, I wanted to shoot the CCP division. Uh, and they said, well, shoot the gun that you carry. So I coded my first local match got like 25 30 people in it and i'm shooting my my shield in competition and wondering why the hell i get waxed you know first of all it was my first competition so i didn't really know everything but i'm getting like destroyed i didn't come in last i actually came in like in the top let's say two thirds but i had no chance because I was shooting the Shield and everyone was shooting Glock 19s, not knowing at the time that the CCP division and ADPA was literally designed for the Glock 19. Like the maximum dimensions that you can fit inside the box is the exact size of a Glock 19. So everyone's running the Glock 19. Well, what do I start doing? I start shooting my Glock 19 in competition and all that. But yeah, the, the Shield was a great one. I still recommend now there's so many different variations and models and versions and generations of the shield but I will tell you that you can still find uh, a first gen just regular NMP shield out there um, and you can probably get them for a really good price buy it if you can get it for like 200 250 probably well under 300 I can guarantee you the first gen Smith uh, shields buy them because they're still even used they're still going to be great so I, I i definitely do that i tell you one that has uh come a long way in the last couple of years with me uh obviously you guys know i'm a beretta guy but when beretta came out with the apx which was their kind of first nine millimeter striker fired you know i i got it immediately I tell you what, man, the more and more I shoot that, that APX, man, I really do enjoy that. I don't know, Chris, Clover, either one of you guys have any uh, experience with the APX?
1: I've never shot one.
0: Oh, man, you got to shoot it, bro. You got to shoot it. It's a great gun. I think you'd really like it. You like the PDP, so I think you'd really like that, that Apex, the APX, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, really, really good. I don't think Clover. I don't think have you ever shot the APX. Yeah, you? I've
2: shot an I've shot an APX. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, I like I like the uh, I like the PX fours. Yeah, back, you know, and I and I, yeah, I don't have a problem with the APX. Like I, you know, yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah.
0: yeah, really. If you guys haven't go check the APX out because you can probably find those for decent prices. Uh, they're they're a few years old now, so you can probably find the original generation for decent prices, but yeah. Um let's see here. My local gun range. I am a member of actually has an IDPA match coming up an event called a holiday havoc. I still haven't gone to them, but I went you need to. I'll put it this way, Jacob. Even if you don't decide yet to shoot at it, what I think you should do is go and watch. Uh that's the best thing anyone can ever do before you shoot an actual uh match no matter what kind of match it is go yep. watch even when even when i went before i shot my first long range uh buck and i tactical foe drove to missouri and and watched the match up there that way you can learn watch see how things happen and all of that but just go jake i really do think i'll tell you this uh, i can't i i've shot some uspsa but i'm not a big uspsa guy chris is Uh, I'm IDPA. There's a lot of steel challenge. I know Clover's done a lot of steel challenge and precision stuff. No matter what organization or what discipline that you're talking about, to my experiences, the competitive shooting world is one of the most welcoming and awesome ways to be in firearms. You can be I've literally seen people that run out of ammo at matches and people say, here, take some of my ammo. I've seen guns break down. People say, hey, use my backup gun. You know, but they'll 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 tell you what you need to do. They'll they'll make sure that you're not breaking any rules, that you're not going to get kicked off the range or whatever. They're going to be so welcoming and warm um that's what i do love about the shooting sports as, as a whole it is is an awesome awesome environment so what i'll tell you this jake even if you're not going to shoot it go to that match and just watch have a blast talk to them you know talk to them while they're you know while they're loading up their match for the next stage or whatever ask questions um hell volunteer if you want and and, and maybe you know, tape up targets at a, at a stage or something. God knows we need more people to tape up because most competitors don't want to tape themselves, at least in my experiences. Oh, that's lazy so true. lazy bastards. Lazy bastards. Uh, it's usually the same three or four people taping up everything, every stage. And there's six guys are like, oh reload my magazine. Like, eh. Anyways, but yeah, go check it out. I, I know Chris and Clover, you've both been involved a long time with competitive shooting as well. Um what do you? What are your thoughts on just going out there and watching?
2: I think it's a great idea, and yeah, I'd say don't just watch, but you know, help out and get involved if you even
0: yep. if you can. Absolutely, yep. yep, yep. Get there an hour early because I want you to be able to see people checking in. I want you to be able to see how people have to handle their weapons um, in you a cold zone or whatever. A hundred percent help set up uh, and understand how matches are run but you're, you'll be there for the safety briefing you'll be there for all that stick around for the awards and uh, and, and and usually the, the best part of a, of a shot of a match is usually the the drawings the raffle drawings that's what everyone sticks around for let's be honest um but yeah there's something really awesome about any kind of match and it's just a brotherhood out there and uh they'd love to have you come out there and ask as many questions as you want so i would definitely do that for sure uh let's see here um those competitions are julia yeah they're, they're just a great community uh, and i've loved that like i said i've been fortunate to shoot a lot of different disciplines in competition a lot of different organizations in competition um and i've never been to a match that i didn't just have fun and have a warm feeling about um it's great. It really is. It is. It's a great. Whether or not you ever shoot Jacob in a competition or not, I think you would have an absolute blast going out and watching. Go watch two or three of them before you decide if you want to shoot him or not. I think you'd be surprised that it's not as overwhelming or as I don't know, um, nerve wracking or yeah. Shooting you know, sports two- is one <laughs> of
2: those things. Shooting sports is one of those things that's really weird and and you know you and Chris both could even chime in on your experience but shooting Mm -hmm. sports is one of them things to where it's super competitive
0: oh yeah but then unlike
2: any sport really at the same time it's not it's weird and you have to go and you have to be there to understand that but it's like super competitive but then at the end of the day like it's it's so nice and civil and cordial and helpful and friendly and it's weird
0: it it, it 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 is. It's not uh, like
2: little league baseball. Let me tell you that way.
0: No, no. <laughs> I tell you what's funny about shooting sports. Uh especially if you're a newbie, um you're going to get everyone helping you. They're gonna help you with everything, they're gonna teach you, give you tips, they're gonna all sorts of cool stuff because at that point you're no threat to them. They think. Yep. Now yep. Is the second you start becoming a threat to them, uh, they'll still be nice, but they're not going to give you tips anymore. They'll, they'll laugh and they'll joke and they'll hang out with you, but they are definitely not going to give you tips that they were a couple months ago when you were a newbie. If, if, as soon as they are a newbie, they can see, oh, this dude can shoot. Okay, I am not going to help this guy. I want to be nice. They're going to be friends. But yeah, you're right. They're still that competitive. It, it is still a competition. But uh, the second that people start thinking you might be a threat to them, um, that's why, honestly, this is just me. There's a lot of people that are going to want to shoot the same squad. So when you when you shoot a competition, uh, most of the time, especially IDPA, USPSA, I can't speak for a lot of them. Uh, I know Steel Challenge, you can. But you can actually pick usually what squad you're in. You can see who's in that squad. So if you have buddies, try to squad up together and all of that. I typically, a lot of people like to shoot in the squad with a lot of people in the same division. They want to be able to see who they're competing against and all that. I don't like that because I find myself competing against that person or those people at that point. So when I squad up, um, I'll squat up with friends of mine, but but usually my friends don't shoot CCP. They're usually shooting other uh, other divisions. Yeah. Um, but I won't shoot. I try not to shoot squat up with anyone that's in my division because I want to shoot my own match. I don't want to be trying to keep up with the Joneses. I don't want to because all my folks will be on that one because I'm cut your throat competitive and I don't want that. I want to shoot my match and at the end wherever my time and score is is what my time and score is. you know yeah. that's just me. What are your thoughts clover on on squatting up? Well, uh, what, what do you do? So the
2: vast majority of of mine the way it would work and this is where we're talking firearms, uh, archery, shotgunning whatever but the vast majority of mine what they would do is they would break you down and you're right whether you were three or four or five usually wasn't more than about five um they would break you down and you would nobody would be directly competing with the other any of those people so you would have different age groups you'd have different classes something right um yeah, no, you had no two people that were direct competitors in a group, in a group, in a squad. We didn't really call them squads, but in a group, you yeah. they would try to break it down to where that was the case for the exact reason you're talking about. Uh, and and number well, for a couple of reasons. Number one is they wanted to kind of break up um, a lot of the ones that I would go to. Part of it, too, is being able to interact with people and meet people you don't know and become friends. And there's that there's a little little, all the stuff I've done has been a little bit of a social aspect to it. And so they would do that, too, to try to mix it up so you could meet and get to know other people as well. Um,
0: Absolutely.
2: But it, it was it was nice because you're right. You don't. You're, you're always worried about how good did so-and-so do or is this other person doing right because you're a stage sure. behind them or whatever you know and you're you're kind of wondering about them but you know at the end of the day you're having conversation with these people and it's much more lighthearted, and uh, there's a lot less stress i guess you all you really got to worry about at that point is just shooting your game whatever it may be you you can focus on shooting your game because a lot of times what in in competitions and I'm sure this is across the board in anything you're competing in but a lot of times you can get in your own head right about <laughs> what other people are doing when you need to be focusing on your game and right. that's one of the things as an instructor as an in coach I would always talk about my kids and I'm like don't worry about what somebody else is doing you shoot your game worry yep. about you if the scores come out and you win or you place or you whatever great but you worry about what you're doing, not what somebody else is doing, because what they're doing doesn't affect your score.
0: Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. Um, Real quick, uh, Jacob was asking the different tiers in IDPA. It's been a couple years since I shot, but basically, like, uh, if if I'm correct, I think I've got them the right way. I think the higher the number, the higher level it is and all that. Uh, Tier 1 was like a local match. Where they're going to inspect all your gear, but it's usually like maybe 20, let's say 20 to 30 people at those matches. And usually it's only like maybe five, six, seven stages, not a full, like, you know, 10, 15 stage match. Um, it's just local. It's, it's The Tier 1s are something you would probably really enjoy, Jake, if you can find a Tier 1 match around you. It's what they call local matches. What We call it local matches around here. I don't know if you guys call them local matches up in Ohio or not, uh, Chris, or not, but we call yeah, them exactly local right. matches. Okay. And they're just fun matches. Usually they're on maybe a Saturday afternoon, a Sunday afternoon or something, and it's it's a social event. It's obviously competitive, but it's it's more of that introductory um to the competitive shooting world. So if you can find a tier one match, tier two is a little bit more, tier three is a little bit more, tier four, tier five. Now you're starting to talk about state level, regional level, national level matches and all of that. Um, but if you can find like a, a, a tier one, maybe even a tier two match in your area, I think that you'd be great in trying those. It's, it's giving more of an introductory to the shooting sports. And, and it's a lot more laid back um are you going to get that go hard and and and, and it's going to be out there it's trying to you know John Wick in a in a local match sure but more the local matches are are just fun matches uh, they're usually they take about a half a day instead so of taking a, a day or two days like some of the higher tier regional state and, and national matches um but they're really, really fun. The first, the first couple that I ever shot were were local matches down a couple hours from here, and I could have had my experiences in those are what brought me back. And then I started going to Oklahoma and Texas for these matches uh, because of my experiences with those tier one local matches right off the bat. Phenomenal, phenomenal matches. If you can find one, go for it, uh, Chris. Uh, you can speak more to like USPSA if you want. What are the different tiers over there?
1: Okay, so USPSA instead of tier, they just use the word they just say level. So you got level one, two, three. So level okay. 1 is all your local matches. Uh, level 2 is going to be a state match or like a benefit match, like a big okay. match that has a lot of sponsors. Yeah. Um, and then level 3 is going to be your national matches or area matches. So you'll, okay. I think in USPSA there's 8 areas. So like like I'm regions, area, so I'm in area five I where I live.
0: We used to call them regions in IDP. I don't know if they still are, but when I was shooting there are regional matches. Yeah. But probably the same thing as area, I'm assuming.
1: So like me, I'm in area five. So it's like Ohio, Michigan, Kentucky, Tennessee. There's like seven states in an area. Okay. Um, those are all gonna be level three matches. Um, but
0: they're, they're all, all the same. national, correct? What's that? Those are typically qualifiers for nationals.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, if you, you know, if you,
0: well, you if just get do really well in
1: an area match, you're definitely going to get an invite to nationals.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So like with the way a nationals work, um, there's going to be probably two thirds of them are going to be invite only. And then for the other third, they'll actually be open um, or you can get on a wait list.
0: Now, do you have to have – and USPSA, I've never shot anything nationals USPSA, but do you have to have a certain points scale, uh, uh, accumulated points throughout the season to even qualify for nationals? Or when you say that the last third is truly going kind of open, is it open for anyone or do you have yeah. to have yeah. but, at least some kind of points yeah. gathered? So
1: there's going to – but you're, you, you might end up on a wait list with, like, nationals. Like me, I shot my first area match when I was still a C class shooter. So
0: yeah, yeah,
1: um, yeah. You you can get in. It's like, it's just, but it's kind of like a lottery thing. Um, yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now they're great. Now Clover um, with some of the precision stuff or steel challenge stuff. I think Jacob. Uh, steel I think challenge Jacob, is
2: under IDPA. governed by IDPA. Keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, I, I, I speaking of steel challenge, I think that you would have a blast shooting steel challenge, Jacob. Really, I, I think that'd be fun for you. Also, go check those out as well.
2: The perk of steel challenge is that, with the exception of one stage, there's literally zero movement. So,
0: yeah, oh yeah, anybody it's, that's
2: for five, anybody ten. that's yeah. especially somebody. That's the beautiful thing about shooting sports is those that may be challenged in some way. Like yeah. you can find a shooting sport that you get from a wheelchair that you can. You can well, there's do
0: also like, there's also Glock matches out there. Uh, yeah, not Glock, Glock, as much Glock, anymore. But the, the, the Glock shooting yeah. sport matches are are kind of cool. Now,
2: now for uh, Mike, just so Mike understands, in a Glock match, you have to shoot a Glock. I'm just saying.
0: You're you to shoot a camera. Glock. You you can, <laughs> uh, you um, can bring it, but you won't be able to. A lot of
2: the. So I've <laughs> shot a lot of different things. And, you know it's it's basically the same as what you're you guys are talking about uh, I've shot stuff from archery to shotgun to precision to you know yeah. slow fire stuff do you name it right even uh, um, what am I thinking um, dang it mil rifle military uh, uh yes. dang it well they didn't call that it, it escapes me now but anyway where you're shooting m1 grands or car, m1 carbines or whatever anyway um, so, the typically what I suggest is hit up some of your local ranges and local gun shops and ask about the local matches because that's where it starts, and then you kind of get involved with that group and those particular people around you. Uh, maybe it may be several different gun shops, several different ranges, you know, that have local stuff within a county area or whatever, uh, and then you'll learn about more regional stuff. Mm-hmm. right and then for you know and you'll you'll just learn you'll learn how to move up but most of the stuff i've done it's it's basically you, your local matches are pretty much open to anybody you pay your fee you come in you shoot the regional matches are pretty much open to anybody you come in you do your thing and shoot state matches go through quali- qualifiers that's and correct national goes through qualifiers so you could skip theoretically all the way to nationals like if you were bad to the bone and just didn't want to waste your time with the petty people that shoot regional matches or state matches, right? You could just go shoot a state, a national qualifier, and then shoot, you know, clean house, clean, you know, shop, and go shoot the national match. You know, uh, so the it's a little C- different C- with a lot of the challenges.
0: You want the CMP Grand Challenge events? Yeah, it's it's.
2: I don't know what it's what it's called, but yeah, it's something along those lines. They're not CMP what we do. Okay. Uh, service raffle. service raffle competitions.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. And so Jacob, uh, there's also something you want to think about if if you find a range around you. Um, that's going to host a USPSA or an IDPA event, typically those ranges will host a monthly match, especially their Tier 1, maybe Tier 2. Most Tier 1, like local matches, club matches, if you will, um, they're going to host those once a month. Now, the cool thing is, is if they're hosting... A, a an idpa once a month the other weekends they might be running uspsa a uh, steel challenge a three gun what a cowboy shoot whatever that range is is probably hosting some sort of match every weekend. It's just that once a month will be IDPA or whatever. But every weekend they probably have a match going. So if you find a range that does one every weekend, different kinds, go to all of them. Figure out. Hell, you might even enjoy the cowboy shoots. That well, that's might be. What I thing. was
2: fixing to say. I was just fixing to say we're 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 discounting or we're not discounting. We're just forgetting because there's so much. There's yeah. anything you can shoot in any way you can yeah. shoot it. There's a competition in a league and and there's matches for that, right? And so broaden your horizons and look for all kinds of stuff. Bowling pin matches are amazing. Amazing. I love bowling pin matches. It's simple. It's easy, you know.
0: He says they have Cowboy and IDPA events Cowboys every month. So Man, you, dude, even if, you want, even if you don't compete in a Cowboy, the first Cowboy to. I ever saw was we, were, we had a – I, I was shooting a state uh, match here in Arkansas. And the same – right on, on the other side of the berms and all that from the pistol range, they were running a state competition for Cowboy also. And if you've ever been to a state match and you've got 150, 200, 250 shooters, it's a long-ass day, right? Like, you're waiting a lot. Oh, yeah. So we would go, and we knew we had an hour between each stage. So we would jump over there, and we'd go up, up on top. We had some picnic tables and some shade, and we'd watch the cowboy shoots. It was more fun just to watch a cowboy shoot. Than anything I've ever seen in my life, it is awesome. It's hilarious, uh, but it is a great time. Yeah, he's he's commenting out
2: there. He's commenting out there that it's with cowboy shoots is down to the dress. Yeah, you actually oh, get points. And,
0: for, and they and they have their own names. Like they have their own oh, cowboy. Yeah. They don't go by, yeah. you know, Trey Miller or Chris Dover. They go by their like, hey, I'm Billy the Kid or whatever. Right. They have their own cowboy names. And it's and I and I will say
2: I've I've shot in a couple of. Um, the East Texas Rough Riders League here, and I've shot a, in a couple of Cowboy matches here, and I did not dress the period, and I was still welcomed oh, in with oh. open arms to shoot in their Okay. Match. I was going to so, ask so, you. No, that goes, back, that goes back to the welcoming attitude that there is with shooting sports. Now, don't get me wrong. I would not get any points with the dress and da da all So, like, I would have no chance of winning a Cowboy shoot going in there right. with street clothes, you know. But you can go shoot it. Like They don't have a problem with that. They welcome you to come in and, you know, they'll look at your guns and comment on what you have and all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, it's still a welcome. That was a welcoming environment. I'm going to say, oh, there's jack wagons and everything, but that was a welcoming environment. Um, But I, you know, I, first of all with the East Texas heat and cowboy, those period correct cowboy clothes and stuff are hot. There wasn't breathable textiles back then. And so uh, I don't know how they get out there in the eighty, ninety degree, hundred degree heat and that kind of stuff. And
0: yeah, and I don't know either.
2: Um, but but they there are that's what usics say. There are folks that take it really, really seriously on the dress side of that and everything, uh, and that's pretty awesome. But like I said you don't. It's not something that you necessarily have to do.
0: I was talking that same weekend. I was talking to our so our match director at uh, that state competed in the cowboy stuff for years he was like 80 something so he he kind of retired from competitions but he had shot that stuff forever um and and the funny thing was is he was saying that like when you showed up to the range and you stepped out of your vehicle like for the cowboy like i said a lot of them have their cowboy names they don't go by their names they have their like own identity and the second you step out of your car like you're in that I- identity you're no longer chris or trey or whatever it's you are kid or red or whatever you're you know that uh-huh. you go by in that cowboy world like yeah. most people might not even know your real name they just might know he's your cowboy oh world.
2: and they they'll change the way they talk and their dialect oh, even yeah i mean they oh, play yeah. it up they play it up a lot it's of them really pretty really awesome. Awesome. Uh, it's awesome i know with i know with them. You would go and then, and then, like, my buddy that I'd go with, uh, that they would invite me down there to, to participate or whatever. It'd be like, oh, you know, it'd be over. And it's like, hey, let's go by here. You're on the way home. We're going to go here and grab some lunch or whatever, you know. And you'd go and you'd eat lunch. And maybe, you know, buddy and three or four other people you just met. And you get in there and you sit down to eat and they talk just like me and you, like the regular yeah, Texas it, talk.
0: Like they get, they get up it. How did their partners But They got it?
2: all the proper, like, Doc Holiday talk, you know, they're out there. It's, they it, can do it's it. pretty cool. And, you know, they would even have exhibitions, which some of that's cool. Like some of the mounted shooting and stuff with cowboy yeah. shooting is amazing. And, you know, if you've never shot from horseback, like it takes a special horse for that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Like not all well, horses are going to yeah. let, they'll just jump on a horse and assume that horse is going to be okay with you shooting guns because uh, right. they're not usually. And, uh, so it's it's really cool to see some of the exhibitions, and they also do uh, like OK Corral. They're doing they're using yep. the blanks, obviously, but a lot of that, and and usually the exhibition people are not the competitors. Let me, let me no, 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 that. No, no yeah no, no. the reenactment it's, people, no, but I'm that's stuck. a part of it because the place where they shoot here, the cowboy action, the the Rough Riders shoot, uh, it's an old saloon, street towns. You know what I mean? Like the all the buildings and stuff are up. And so they'll have shootout when the each building is its own stage and stuff. But right. th- during intermissions and breaks, they'll do shootouts in the street or they'll do they'll do quick draw reenactments, you know, oh, I'll challenge you and meet me at noon, you know, or something will go on. And the next thing you know, they're they're doing that. It's, it's just cool.
0: So funny you mentioned that because the same way at the range that they had this, at, it was its own like plywood buildings, saloons and hotels. Yeah. But it's 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 a it's like tombstone, legit little
2: town, yeah,
0: legit little town. And like you said, each building is its own. I mean, don't
2: get me wrong; some good, strong, straight line winds would probably do a lot of damage to it. I said, structurally, that but They're plywood.
0: They're plywood at the best, at the most. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Uh,
2: structurally sound, but you know, it it looks good, but that's about it. They
0: had they had different. Things throughout the day. Once again, I've never been around. Once we could hear, it. it's just over the berm uh, over here. Oh, you know,
2: and
0: they have a chuck wagon doing the cooking. They had a chuck oh, 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 wagon doing the yeah, cooking. You yeah. could go and get coffee, uh and you could get like red eye gravy. You yeah. could get, and, and if you got coffee, they're going to give you like in a can, and like oh, it was, yeah. you know, if it, they it's did, right. yeah. and, and at noon at noon which is i think is cool is both matches um decided that at noon would be lunch they're going to cut for a 30 minutes or 45 minutes for lunch and all of us went to the cowboy side where they had barbecue right but they what they did is that noon they had like a bunch of different reenactments that was our entertainment during lunch they had at high noon they had two guys walked out in the middle of town and did the draw you know it was it was one of those it was just awesome it was the whole thing is awesome like i would never shoot cowboy but i love i would i would go watch a cowboy match anytime i could they're just great they really are now we'll say this if there was a a competition and i'll go through the room real uh if there's a competition that I've never shot that I would like to shoot I, I I would be interested in three gun but I really think that I would have a blast at two gun I think two gun for me would be a perfect thing with with handgun and rifle I would love a cool two gun competition uh, three gun would be fun but I, I if, if there was a two gun out there the, around here I'd go shoot two gun all the time. I think that'd be a blast uh, we'll start with you Chris. Uh, if there was a, a different type of match or discipline of a match that you've never shot that you want to shoot one day, what would it be?
1: I'm going to have to go with two-gun, too. Um, yep. I've shot three-gun, and I don't like it because of how long you have to wait between stages. Um, there's so much setup and so much gear. Um, yeah, I think, I think two-gun would be would be super cool. I would if I I've only shot one if I would have never said I shot one I'd say a rifle uh, the rifle series matches those are a lot of fun too um,
0: They are a blast
1: But yeah I've never done two gun but I'm actually thinking about
2: trying one this year No two gun that's rifle and just rifle pistol right?
0: right rifle pistol yeah yeah rifle pistol for sure um Yeah, precision matches are fun. I never thought I was going to enjoy them. I really, I I wasn't sure. Um, Man, they are fun. They are really, really fun. I I remember talking with Clover when I started even thinking about getting into the sniper game thing. And I told him, I said, you know, for me, a lot of it is I enjoy math and I'm weird. I, I, I enjoy the calculations. I enjoy trying to figure out what adjustments you need to make and, and, and all of that. I think it's fun. Um, and that was one of the big reasons why I got into it is it's going to be a challenge. Um, but I, the, the long-range precision stuff especially is just really, 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 really fun. Um, Clove, is there something that either you haven't shot that you would like to or something that you've only shot maybe once that you wish you'd do more of or what?
2: I'm throw everybody for a loop here because there is something that I've never shot that I would like to, and that's outdoor like Olympic style archery.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh I'm yeah. surprised you didn't. And now have do you have any experience with like Olympic style aerosol like rifle or anything? Have you ever? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like that? yeah, yeah. What's, what's that like? Is that pretty fun?
2: It is. It's a completely different game. A lot, a lot of folks look at air rifle and they think that that's subservient or whatever to firearms and air gun is is entirely more difficult if your fundamentals are not completely sound um because that projectile does not move out of that barrel nearly as fast (laughs) um if your follow through if your form if your other things are the least bit off it's you're going to notice it with with uh with air for sure so if you want to be a better fight proficient firearm shooter get some bb guns and some pellet guns and stuff like that and play around with that because it will make you a better it will make you a better shooter for sure
0: kyle says he's always wanting to learn to shoot a bow i I,
2: I teach you that
0: yeah you know what we should do we should get together a bunch of us just get together sometime He'll come down here. Arkansas might be in the middle between Kentucky and all of these different places, but we've
2: all got to teach each other something and then learn some other right.
0: things. No, that's what I'm saying. Is it's like okay, so like, you know, someone bring someone's going to work on this. Like, let's say Chris is going to do. Hey, we're going to do a, a thing on USPSA or or the run and gun type thing. I could do like long range. Uh, you know, Clover could do archery or or something like that. We could all bring someone to the table. And I think that'd be really, really fun. Just to kind of hang out, and then at night we can do cookouts and just just hang and be friends, and and not do it for content. Like no cameras allowed. Just come be friends and sh- let's let's shoot some cool shit together. That could be really, really fun. I don't want to do it like it's a range day and all that, where it's all about content. I don't want I don't want content. I don't want people filming. I just want. Um, I just want to come and hang out with friends and and, and do some cool ass shit. Uh, Kyle says I can eat crayons. Yeah, we can, we can do that with the best of them, but uh, I think that'd be fun. Um, and all that, but yeah. Um, I I've shot bows before that was like, and, and, and when I say this, if you're not from Texas, you won't know, but Clover will know um that's what i used to go to sky ranch every year for summer camp and sky ranch you could you shot bow and arrows but like the cheap ones you shoot at like 10 feet or whatever um you shoot a little 22 rifle and all that but my only experience with a bow um is that sky ranch is like a 10 year old or 12 year old whatever it was Uh, i will say this i learned quite a bit from listening to clover last year in 2022 at the gathering, a uh, bunch of us stayed together. Chris, uh, Clover, uh, and I, and then Ron, and, and all those guys. But Ron brought him. He's,
2: he's big into it, yeah.
0: He he, well, he he dove head deep into it. He had just kind of started not too long before that. Yeah, but we he, geeked out big time. <laughs> you guys geeked out. and I had no idea what the hell y'all were talking about. But it was fascinating. Um, yeah. Not to the point that I went out and bought a bow or even thought about it at that point. I still haven't. But it was really, 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 really cool um, to listen to you guys. So, I, I well I think a lot of stuff is interesting.
2: Let me say this about archery. If for no other reason, you should get into archery because the Duke boys.
0: <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> yeah.
2: If it was good enough for the Duke boys, it's good enough for us. My God.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, no, not in a yep. little
2: but yeah, archery, like a lot of other things, um, the beautiful thing about archery, and that's where with the youth program, first of all, it was a gateway. So yeah. um, they, it was perceived as more safe, which actually it's less safe <laughs> than firearms, arms. Um, as far as, you know, accident, you know, minor accidents and whatever are concerned. Um, it's, you know, getting poked or, you know, nicked or things like that. Uh, a lot of sharp edges with archery. But anyway, um, the with the younger kids one of the cool things about archery is pulling that string back pulling that string back and pulling that string back uh develops arm strength and so for kids that it's hard for them to hold the forearm with a handgun right or hold the shotgun up or hold the rifle up or things of that nature uh archery is one of the things that's good arm shoulder muscle exercise um that can help. So it's one of the things, especially if you've got a, a, a smaller, you know, smaller framed, weaker kiddo, get them some kind of little bow. And there's some great little bows out there for not very much money. Um, you know, hundred, 150 bucks max for the complete setup with arrows and target and everything. Yeah. Um, and, um, then the fundamentals, like some of the fundamentals of, of just the patience and the breathing and the, different things i mean all that transfers over to, to firearms as well
0: yeah you know listening to uh, chris do you have any experience uh with with bows at all no, no. i uh
1: i do have a crossbow which ah, is that's cheating. not the same thing
2: yeah that's cheating man it's cheating what I, are think the I, really
0: I think everybody's so, a just their bad are
2: you so so you pick on me about the shotgun things a lot you don't pick on me nearly as much for archery which i appreciate I don't i Um, don't because i don't know
0: about it but i'm interested in archery
2: so here's a similarity between and it's why i gravitate to really the archery and the shotgunning right even though i'm 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 awesome at archery just so everybody knows i don't mind admitting that shotgunning i suck i don't mind admitting that but a, a common thing between the two I like 3D archery, right? And that's out in the woods shooting at life-size replica targets or whatever it might be in various environments. You may be on the side of a hill with a creek down, you know, 15 foot down below you, and you've got to balance on a rock while you shoot or something crazy, right? Um, But just walking through the woods along the trails and and shooting at those targets. And sometimes they're really cool targets like dinosaurs or you remember the mother alien, right? Everybody remember? They literally have a... 3d archery target life size of the mother alien dude
0: that's pretty cool
2: they do it's awesome they have bigfoot targets they got all kinds of crazy stuff that you see at some of these shoots but you get to walk through the woods right and it's it's just it's so cool sporting clays is the same way right from stage to stage it's set up in the woods and different things. And oftentimes they're setups across ponds and creeks and different things with, you know, that they throw the clays. And so those are two things that the reason I enjoy it is because you're out the door, it's beautiful scenery, right? And you're not as static as you would be in say a bullseye competition or, you know, you're, you're in one bay of a pistol range or one bay on a rifle range. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, you're just you're enjoying the outdoors, and it's the beauty of the outdoors that's there. And that makes those two particular types of competition to me even more fun. Yep,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um I just look at the time. I had no idea. It's over two hours. That's been actually um a really good conversation. I had fun with that. And
2: I don't it, think we ever technically got off the poles.
0: We never, we technically never did. <laughs> The poles
2: led the into the guns. Led into
0: carry with the, yeah, so we never yeah. really got... Which was cool. That's the best way to do it because um, it was just e- organic hey. conversation. It was great.
2: Hey, Anderson got their money's worth tonight. That's what you're
0: Those saying. So Kyle, Kyle needs you to
2: go report. Two hours,
0: two hours of the pony poles, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you might have to build an extra for that. Uh...
0: What the hell is this 612? Oh, okay. I know what that is. A shotgun. Yeah. Uh mandatory carry wants us to do a 612 review. Uh that'd be more something that I would like. To, I don't think that I don't think that um, I'm waiting on him would, to
2: send me did. one. I, I will I will email you my FFL info, bro. If you send it my way, I'll I'll do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Capital says, yes, we did. <laughs>
2: I'll also I'll also accept a super chat in the amount to pay for one. If that's, you'd rather go that way.
0: Uh, absolutely. I will guarantee (laughs) that if I get a super chat, including the cut that YouTube will take, uh, (laughs) to buy it, then I will literally, you know
2: what? I might would even foot the YouTube cut for that. Quite honestly. I'll meet meet him. I'll meet him that far with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I would definitely do it for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool gun. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh Chris will bring you in here. I know you got a show tomorrow night. Uh you got a bunch of stuff going on, man. You got you're 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 booming right now. I'm really happy for you, proud of you. You've earned everything that you're getting. Uh, but tell people where they can find you and what you got going on.
1: Yeah, tomorrow night we're gonna be doing the uh Wednesday night live chat at nine. Uh, we're actually doing a benefit tomorrow night for um, one of the YouTubers' wives are really sick, so uh, oh. I'm going to take all the money that I get in Super Chats and send, a, send it to him.
0: Uh, Fantastic.
1: So, yeah, uh, this was fun tonight. I had a great time, and uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I you know, it's one of those things where there's something about not having A a script or anything, or have an idea, just letting instead of you know, I very easily could have stopped that conversation and say, Okay, let's talk about this. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's a little something to the beauty of chaos. You know, I don't know. know.
2: Well, Uh, the other thing is having a good, active, live audience to help
0: it's direct.
2: Um, that's not just squirreling all over the place uh and then like take some credit i mean you know how to run a podcast and and handle a room and all of that and that makes a big difference too uh,
0: we've been doing it long enough bro uh, it's almost second nature now but yeah no i, I get what you're saying um but it, it, like you said it's easy when you've got good guests and good people on the panel that your friends that you can really kind of go any direction and know that they can handle their own in any direction um and then a great crowd that's gonna not only bring questions out there, but bring great comments and, and, and have a little fun with us always. Everyone knows I'm a bit of a smart ass and I, I like to surround myself with smart asses, uh, both on the panel and out there in the in the crowd. And um, I might give you shit out there, but uh, we all enjoy this. But It was a great all-around conversation. I love. I, that's why I love doing these things. It's just the conversation is what it's all about. Um, uh, who's asking something about how much does YouTube take uh, usually it's roughly 40, maybe a little bit under 40, but about depending 40. on what
2: it is between 30 yeah. and 40%. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, Kyle's says award winning audience only because you're in there, buddy. Only because you're in there. Um, but yeah, uh, go check out Anderson manufacturing for sure. Uh, Let them know that Ghost sent you if you do anything. They got the great, the dissipators out there right now. They've got a great Cerakote project going on right now. Uh, The Kyger 9's out there. You've got uh, the AM 9 that Clover can brag about. He loves that thing. You've got the bolt action coming down the line. A really, really, really exciting time for Anderson. Um, And uh, go show show him some love. would you say that Anderson is one of the guiltiest pleasures in the firearm industry? I would say that Anderson is a very guilty pleasure. People, Me? people, a lot of people have I a ain't lot of guilty answers.
2: about it. I but ain't one bit guilty one, about
0: what it. To you is a I lot of people you. don't don't know that they have Anderson or whatever, but they do. You know,
2: If if you want to know why I like the AM9, go watch my video the AM9 and it punching holes in the same freaking hole and you'll know why it I did. love my yeah, AM9. It, it,
0: it it was it was impressed. Now, to be fair, what Clover won't show you is here's a little secret about gun tubers. He was shooting from a foot away. Hey, you um, can see bubble his, smoke
2: or something <laughs> at that distance. Come on. Uh,
0: no, you know that thing shoots, man. Uh, Three oh eight, right here. I got a lot of it put together. This the, the built. Uh, the, I got a, an Athlon scope on there. I got my Swagger, my Swagger bipod on this, the 308. So I put up here instead of the Sophia. Um, Really excited to get this back out of the range. And now that I've got the scope on there, the bipod on there, really start kind of looking to do that because I really, really, really think it'll be fun to shoot some PRS stuff with this because they actually have a division called the tactical division and it's only for gas run 308s and you're only competing against gas 308s which is awesome so i'm looking forward to shooting this in competition as well um so yeah uh, yeah chris thanks for coming on brother like i said man you, you are killing it right now and uh, i know that th- 2023 is going to be a year you probably remember for a long long time for the channel for growth for a lot of things a lot of firsts that you've had in 2023 um but you're earning every single bit of it so if you guys haven't gotten check out chris with 740 please do so um great great show on wednesday night phenomenal content very professionally done um very proud and happy for you glad to call you a friend so uh yeah go check out chris with the 740 I've got a
2: complaint. I've got a complaint about Chris's content right quick. We we, I gotta I gotta air this out.
0: It's better than yours. Is that what your complaint is?
2: No, no. So so I have been he's he's releasing videos, right? And I want to do a CloverTack reacts to, to one of Chris's videos. They're too long, dude. Like make a video that's around five minutes that I can react to already. Come on. I can do that. Like anything I want to react to, I'm like, oh man, that'd be cool. Oh man, it's like 11 minutes. Oh, it's 14 minutes. You, need,
0: you need to do like the, the crappiest, like three minute, just whatever, and title Here you go. Uh, no,
2: don't change. No, don't change. Don't change anything up. Yeah, no, that. You'll, you'll, you'll eventually. You'll eventually drop one, and then I'll I'll do it. It'd be good.
0: Yeah. No, you're 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 killing. I'm really happy for you. Uh, like i said i've seen how you work at these different events and shows and um yeah you're keep doing what you're doing bro it's only it's only going to get better for you um so yeah now clove um i know you don't do much but if you were to do anything uh content wise what's something that you might do
2: I may have dropped a banging video on the MC fourteen T earlier, like literally like three minutes before this started, we finished up the premiere.
0: Literally three minutes. I yeah. know.
2: I did that on purpose though. That oh, way I could I did. could link this in there.
0: Um, I I so appreciate. if
2: you uh if you caught the late notification or something crazy like that, uh and you're curious about the MC fourteen T and I don't know why you would not be, because it might very well end up being the handgun of the year. Um it should be. Yeah, it's go check nice. that go check that out. Um I am still teasing with that. I'm not going to give any spoilers on the video, but I'm still teasing that um uh, talked a little bit about EDC rotation, which I do have that 84 RED 84. Uh the the it's still in contention. It it is still a possibility. The MC 14T retires and replaces the Right at 84 in my EDC rotation. Entirely possible still. It's
0: going to take you a little bit more, probably a few more hundred rounds. Do you oh, interest? I've
2: definitely got to put, yeah. I'm not going to make a decision on EDC rotation until there's hundreds of rounds through it, and there's not at this point, right?
0: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I wouldn't ever put something into my EDC rotation. I would say probably, honestly, closer to a thousand, but minimum of 500 yeah. rounds. Minim- I've got to I would say at least a hundred rounds of just the carry ammo that I want to carry to make sure that it oh, yeah. can go through before yeah. I put it in the station. Um, just-
2: I've got to be, yeah, I've got to be comfortable with it. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to take quite a few rounds to become comfortable with something. I mean, yeah. it's all, I've only got a hundred, about a hundred rounds it at this point. So, yeah. uh, it'll be, a, it'll be a while, but before the end of the year, it's a possibility that 23 is the last year for the, uh, Ferrata eighty four being in the carry rotation for me, it's possible.
0: It's yes. very, very interesting to think about for sure. And they got
2: to come out with a more selection of holsters for it. Quite honestly, <laughs> that gives them a little more time to come out with some stuff like that, grips and holsters. Right? I need some grip. I need some grips. Uh, not that the grips on it are horrible, but I'm a grip snob in a way. I like. You are, you
0: are a grip snob. I am. I like a lot of texture. Not Those, just texture, but colors also. You like? Oh, this is true. This is grip.
2: true. Um, so, you know, I really want to be able to change the grips if I carry it and I need, uh, you know, I need a decent holster. And so it just came out, you know, and so, you know, there'll, be some holsters in the next few months or so. I,
0: I, I do not want to go down this rabbit hole because we're already past time real quick, quick answer. Chris Kydex leather nylon, your go-to, carry holster what is it kydex kydex okay uh inside the waist outside the waist
1: outside pancake
0: okay, okay. uh clover go to holster and inside or outside i know it's outside but what kind of outside
2: go to i you know the, my number one in the rotation is kydex right so that's the 42 okay. rising kydex now the interesting thing is the 84 rising in leather and the other, My third in my EDC carry rotation is the revolver, the Protector Poly, and it rides mm-hmm. in a hybrid. Go figure. So I cover all all three bases.
0: Will you just make <laughs> up your damn mind.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But, will, hey, will, number we'll, one in the rotation is Kydex. Will, so we go Kydex, will, OWB.
0: We'll shill for any material, you know. Well,
2: you know, that's the thing. I mean, certain guns, you know that.
0: Would you yeah, put so your
2: Ronin bad. in Kydex? I mean, come on, dude. Come on. Mm-hmm.
0: No, right. I've got right. a great leather holster thanks to Ozzy, good shell cut. Ozzy, Ozzy makes great leather. That's holsters. what I'm saying. So, yep. Um, yep. Yeah, yep. And I've got I've got a craft holster that um, I'm, I'm breaking in still um, with a with a PPQ subcompact. Uh, I like it. Um, it's it's still. I'm not used to leather holsters, right? So there is a breaking in period um, to get those guns to fit properly and to feel good and all that. So I'm still in that that realm with this craft holster. I, it's a great holster. I'm just I'm used to Kydex where you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. It's going to fit. Uh you don't have to worry about any of that. I just have I'm I'm getting used to this realm of stuff, but uh yeah. Um all right. Um real quick uh before we go, thank you guys for always watching. Thank you guys for supporting me whether it's through Patreon, whether it's through YouTube memberships, through its, or any of our affiliate links or amazon links or hell super chats or just being it's prime here day. It's, prime yeah. day. it's prime day it's prime day prime <laughs> day it is prime day uh utilize mine or clovers or chris's or anyone that you enjoy watching if they have an influencer store go check out their store use their links on prime day and then that that will help support your favorite content creators as well doesn't have to be mine be any of them if you if 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 your favorite of yours go check them out maybe they've got an amazon link or something uh and all that it is prime day great deals out there go check them out um but thank you for always supporting no matter what it is uh however maybe a lot of it's just being here just watching the videos being here in the live chats and and, and participating that's as crucial as anything uh, go check out Chris for the 740. Do not go check out Clover Tech. Don't waste your time. It is not worth the effort. Uh, please unsubscribe from my channel. I, I, I Go subscribe to Chris. Take my subscription and go subscribe to Chris. Uh, don't bother with Clover. He just does fud shit, so you don't have to worry about him. Um, but no, there's a lot of great guys out there and gals that are doing some great work. She Fires is doing some great work obviously snob and, and gary and, and obnoxious and sarge and all those guys uh, there's a lot of great people rich white's got his own show out there um there's a lot of guys doing a lot of cool stuff mandatory carry does a live stream uh once or so a week and and all that i suggest if you go to that one make sure you're caught up on your meds just saying uh no just joking with them uh, but no it's great and, and next week is our 300th episode of the of the and podcast who would have thunk um, 6 years ago Clove, that I had 300 episodes of this this son of a bitch uh, I'm really really happy about that uh, but thanks for always for people always watching the giveaway is the Hyperion munitions go check out HyperionMunitions.com. check out the precise trigger control um PTC. We're gonna give 10 of them away in two weeks. All you gotta do is send an email to register. You don't have to subscribe, like, share, follow anybody. Send an email to Malia at poweronmarketing.com with your name in it, and the subject is ghost tactical. That's it. That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. Um, the, the the link is out there, Malia M-A-L-I-A at poweronmarketing.com um with the subject ghost tactical and put your name inside that email and that's all you got to do in two weeks from tonight they'll be on the show and we're going to give away 10 of these 10 of these um for free so uh, thank you guys so much for watching we shall see you soon be safe out there love each other give your kiddos a hug tell someone that you love them that you love don't don't ever don't ever go a day without saying someone that you love that you love them you never know when that's going to uh, be the most thing the best thing they could hear that day if you see someone struggling in life be willing to extend a hand an ear a shoulder to cry on let them know that they've got someone here that they can depend on. Other than that, man, just be a good citizen. Be someone that all of our heroes that have given the ultimate sacrifice to live in America, be a citizen and be a person that deserves that sacrifice. We'll talk to you soon. Simplify. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like this one and want to check out some of our other podcasts, we invite you to check out the Jarhead podcast, the Ghost and Clover podcast, and the Speed Limit 155 podcast. We also like to invite you to check out our YouTube channel, Ghost Tactical, if you're into the firearm world and the lifestyle of of the firearm community. Go check that out. And obviously, go check out our website, ghosttactical.us, to check out all of our projects, our swag, our stores in our discount codes. Once again, thanks for always supporting the podcast and we'll see you soon, Simplify.